All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when I say those words, you know what time it is. Podcast from the sidelines, episode number 81. We're here. Uh, we're live. We're uh, tuned in. We got a great guest tonight. All of us are very excited on the show, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that. But first, we gotta you know get all the formalities out of the way. Remind all you guys who's here. So let's bring on in our co-host. Uh, let's go, Brandon, first this week. So Brandon, Brando, Baird, what's going on down there, buddy? Yo, uh, we're here. It's it felt it, this last week's felt really long. I'm glad. I'm glad today came came around. Like I, I agree. It's recording it's, day. Usually, yeah. it like sneaks up on me sometimes and. No, it, it. I couldn't wait for this episode. So, yeah, it just dragged. Last, this last week just dragged on. Yeah, so. I. I definitely agree, and it. It is funny because yeah, the recording day that Tuesday, it'll it'll sneak up on you some weeks, and some weeks they just take so long. You're like, gotta. I want to go talk to the boys. There's there's a lot of shit yeah. we need to explain to everyone out there. But uh, yeah. let's uh, bring in our other host we got tonight, uh, Stephen Hatch. As always, the man, the myth, the legend, the mustachioed, mulleted wonder. I feel like that's a good intro. I mean, what, what more do you want? Do you want applause as well? There you go. There you go, Stephen. Thank Ash. you. Thank you. Thank you. We're <laughs> back again for episode 81. 81 weeks in a row, dude. That is, oh my God. Do anything 81 weeks in a row. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, <laughs> blows my mind to think about where we haven't, we haven't missed an episode. Have not missed one. We've, and so we're we have again. lost one, but <laughs> go yeah, listen to the last week's episode one, if you it, want the explanation on that. Could have been 10 times worse. Could have been 10 times worse. That could have happened twice exactly well let's hope it doesn't happen tonight because of our great guest and we're going to bring him in just a second but before we do that we got to keep the lights on we got to talk about our wonderful sponsors first we got liquid iv brandon make that liquid iv i know you do it every single week if you're not watching the video go go check out the video brandon does this every single week on the show you're missing he makes out. a fresh liquid iv and i think uh golden cherry lemon lime lemon lime this time thank lemon you for lime. showing that uh so he throws that in it's the hydration multiplier we use it when we're out at the field it keeps us hydrated and ready to go uh keeps you in that peak performance uh you know the place that you want to be it's got all the great vitamins and minerals to keep you hydrated uh, yeah go check it out liquidiv.com that's where you're going to get more information you can use the promo code mafia underscore moffitt m-a-f-i-a underscore moffitt that's where you're gonna uh or you're going to use that code at checkout, get 20% off and free shipping. Um, I haven't messed that one up in a while, but I feel like, you know, every, every now and then the time comes and uh, it's got to snipe you. You know, you got to, you're not ready for it. And all of a sudden the ad read catches up to you. So Liquid IV, go head over to their website. Use uh, Mafia underscore Moffitt at checkout, get 20% off and free shipping. We also have Nectar Energy, N-E-C-T-R dot energy little weird url but any ctr.energy over there head over there it's the awesome little energy pouch we use on the show i know hatch loves it when he's driving in uh you know three hour commute getting up to sacramento uh so he can come to practice they got all their awesome flavors listed at NECTR.energy.com. use code mafia underscore productions uh, buy two cans get one free free shipping as well so save some money and uh yeah you're gonna you know, pick up some. Hey, Brandon, are you putting one in this week? Is this a new segment? We're getting the nectar Maybe. of the week as well. All right, there we go. Get, get energized, buddy. Uh, that's the wintergreen he's got over there. You can check that out mm. at nectar.energy. Uh, and last but not least, we got Wealth Clothing. Um, can't wait for our stuff to come in. We've put in an order with them, so can't wait for, yeah, to show that off on the show. Uh, wealthclothing.com, the boys down in Texas. Uh, we're excited. We're going to see them at the first event. It's coming on up really soon here, boys. We're under 30 days away, so excited for that. Head over there. Use, I'm uh, so F excited. Use code FTS at checkout for... Uh, I think it's 10% off. It may be 15. I'm not fully sure of the number, but it's somewhere around there. Uh, code FTS at WeltsClothing.com. And yeah, go check it out. All right. Without further ado, we did all the uh, required things. Let's bring in our guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's kind of 
I don't know. I think we've put him on the uh, paintball Mount Rushmore before. He's definitely an iconic oh, wow. figure in the sport. And uh, I mean, I'm a fan, <laughs> but uh, let's let's Me bring too. him in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have the legendary filmmaker, Dan Napoli. Um, he's directed a lot of things that you've probably seen. Uh, if you're out there, 15. Um, I'm trying to think of other Love ones, but one. they're slipping my mind right now. We've watched One Night in November recently. That was another one, great one by him. Um, but yeah, he's touched a lot of things in paintball. And uh, yeah, we wanted to bring him on chat about some things tonight so how you doing out there dan welcome on into the show uh doing well thanks for having me fellas um also uh i know you guys talked about it at the top but seriously impressive like dude doing a podcast 81 weeks in a row is like fucking really impressive oh can i swear i just thought about yeah that. no Absolutely. no you totally all good. Yep. okay sorry sorry <laughs> we hit the explicit in, but... button on the upload so yeah they, okay. they know well, I know you had Maddie like recently too, so I'm sure you have to be in like explicit <laughs> mode. But yeah, dude, thank you guys so much for having me. That's so rad. Um, like I said, um, kudos to you guys. I mean, everybody wants to have a podcast. Like it's super uh, challenging to like keep up on it. So like, dude, super impressed with you guys doing it that many weeks in a row. Yeah, cool. well, thank you, Dan. And I mean, thank the joke better. we always bring up is, you know, other men have tried and other men have failed. And uh, there used to be different hosts of the show, but it's us three now. And uh, shout out to those guys. We still love day them. Day one. Yeah, day, you know, one. day one. Me and you, Hats, oh, were the man, other ones go, still baby. here. <laughs> get, you got to get the chemistry right, dude. That's, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of chemistry, I feel like we got to we gotta jump into it. Because one of the big things I wanted to bring up tonight, uh, it's something in everyone's mind recently. It just happened over the weekend. The Super Bowl took place. Um, whether you care about the game on the field, whether you care about the, you know, gossip stuff going on in the stands. The gambling, uh, the bets. Yeah, the gambling. There's there's so many different aspects to uh, that game uh, in, you know, 2024. Uh, and we wanted to go over some of those with you. Um, more notably, kind of the production side of it. Um, obviously, you kind of have a background in production. And, uh, you know, if maybe you wanted to, you know, fill people in a little bit, uh, you know, why you're maybe a little bit qualified to talk on uh, some of these topics. Uh, yeah, so um, obviously, but the Greybeard, um, I've been in production, this is my 25th year. I got out of college Dang. in, yeah, dude, right? Fucking old balls. Um, got out of college in 99, also been in paintball that long. Um, directed a dozen or so documentaries. I've worked in and out of paintball. Um, I've, uh, two, two of my films, um, 50 Summers, which is a minor league baseball documentary, and then Best Kids in Texas. Um, got um, mainstream streaming distribution. 50 Summers is on Peacock. Um, Best Kids in Texas is streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, like I said, like I've done, done work for various ad agencies and, and whatnot. And my degrees in journalism and, and, and sports marketing. Um, so yeah, yeah so always... very, you, this has been your whole life at this point, essentially. Yeah, very decorated. At, at this point, at, 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 at this point, I read the trades. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know. you're up to date on the news, at least. Yeah, well, nice. I, a couple of the big numbers, you know, top down, I wanted to pull out uh, Super Bowl. So the way they're counting this is all the streaming services. Um, there was also the the Nickelodeon version of the game. So that's counted in this uh, plus international yeah, yeah. viewers. But they their estimates are about one hundred and twenty three point four million viewers of the game, uh, which beat out last year's numbers and made it the most watched TV show ever um, that that is why they're able to sell ads for $7 million for 30 seconds of airtime. That is what the going that rate was crazy. this year. Um, what, how? How do you capture 120 million people across the globe? 
Well, you know, there's um, a lot of different aspects that go into that. I think one of the first things, um, and it's cool, I'm, I'm really glad, Ryan, that you, that you made that note at the beginning. So when you start to talk about ratings in television in, or, or any of those things in general, like, it's very important you keep track of where the metrics change. Like they even used to, like the Nielsen's used to measure in a <laughs> yep. different way. So, so the reason I say that is like two years ago, last Super Bowl, is when they started doing this compiled number where they take all of the like, you know, they're they're bringing, um, oh god, it's not Telemundo, it's another large Spanish language channel, like that's Vision all... or something like that. I can't yeah, think of the actual you, one. Yeah, yeah, no, I think um, it's Univision. Like that's yeah. all loaded in. So hmm. really, you just you have to look at this year compared to last year which is awesome and i think it's up seven or nine percent it's about what yeah you have, what you have to be careful about doing um and this happens a lot in some other elements and when some paintball things come into it is extrapolating like comparing 2023s or 2024s this year's super bowl to like the 1995 super bowl <laughs> um, two very different just, products yeah even just okay. because of, of how the things are are measured and what also goes into that is, and and you know, also to answer your question, is the Super Bowl's um, almost sixty years old now. Mm -hmm. um, fifty or fifty-five changed first Super Bowls in sixty-seven. Yeah, yeah. So how how do we get this audience? How do we get this? Like, <clears throat> how do we arrive at this number? I mean, dude, the first couple of Super Bowls were not even called like the Super Bowls. Um, I think Super Bowl three is kind of when they started using that. So like you build all of these things. So you have decades of building this into the big game as a Gen Xer. I'm right in the wheelhouse of the 1980s is really when the Super Bowl started to become more of like a cultural event. It's when advertising really started to become like, so the premise of like, Hey, when's this like, ooh, what are the new Super Bowl ads? Hmm. And and of course there's no social media, nobody's cheating, like you're not getting advances. <laughs> um, there's a thing from the late 80s and the early 90s that was called like the Bud Bowl, where they had these like animated like Bud Light versus Budweiser, like actual like um VFX bottles lined up as people, <laughs> like they play it at oh, half really? time. So yeah, it's fucking, it's hilarious and terrible, but like fun at the same time. Like yeah. it was a big, and it's probably like 88 through something. But like, I note that because all of these things have been ramping up the Super Bowl to be this like cultural event that like football fans don't necessarily, or it's not watched by just football fans. So that's part of the way mm -hmm. that we get to like, how do you charge $7 million? Um, for 30 seconds. Yeah, for, essentially. For, for 30 seconds because it is the most watched and now in the tv landscape like dude there's some dominant number that like i don't know it, it's seriously like seven or eight of the top 10 shows of the year most watched shows are nfl games oh sports yeah well sports is, uh and essentially sports is like yeah. the whole thing but yeah i mean that's definitely been a big push this year uh, i mean and it just makes sense because obviously a lot more people in my generation are starting to come into aspects where they're becoming the more targeted consumer. And a lot of us, we stream stuff, you know, we watch content either Absolutely. online, uh, you know, through maybe ESPN plus or Hulu or any of those. But a lot of us, you know, there's no reason to watch it live unless it's a sport event or something that it has to happen live. You have to watch it right now or else, you know, Twitter's going to spoil it for you, spoil it for you. And, you know, you're oh, not yeah. going to see it or something like that. 
Absolutely. That's why these sport, sports are getting astronomical contracts. And then that's also why like the spots are costing what they're, they're costing. And then that's why like, like if you look at the gap, I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I'm sure if you look at the gap between the Super Bowl and the next most watched program of the year, it's probably laughable. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the Super Bowl audience is. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, and it's one of the things that, uh, you know, you were talking about how it's now a cultural event. It's also different in other sports where, you know, other sports play series. It's not one moment, one 60 minute game to decide who wins everything. It's all right, best of seven. You know, you, you got to win four to prove that you're better than the other Very team. True, yeah. Baseball, hockey, right. uh, you know, basketball, they all have that component to it. Whereas it's, you know, a little more climactic. It's all right, we know we're going to show up. There's two teams, one's going to win. And then, you know, we're going to go our separate ways. Um, so it's kind of that game seven atmosphere or that, you know, must watch television type moment just automatically by how it's set up as an event yeah i mean overall oh go ahead brother i'm so sorry no no you're all good you're all good go ahead (laughs) i was just saying i mean overall the nfl i think probably of us-based sports has like the best model um between the meshing which has taken them a long time to create but between the meshing of salary caps the way that you measure and can finagle that the way i think there's some statistic that like um, as of week 15, like 70% of the league is not eliminated from the playoffs. There's like only three weeks left, like 70% mm-hmm. of the league mm-hmm. still has a chance to make it. It's a week to based off the shuffle. wild card and yeah, like right to qualify low for the amount of games and yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the flip side, um, baseball, uh, which is, I like, I was a college baseball player many, many years ago. Oh, I it's didn't know that like, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude. Elbow, elbow surgery. Oh, Tommy John's? Nice. Let's go. go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a little early. Um, But, like, it's it's almost the reverse of it. It's not quite, but it's something more that, like, by the all-star break, almost at least half, almost a third of Major League Baseball is eliminated from the playoffs. But you still Uh, have four months to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you still have to play 80 or so games. But Not four, three, or two, two and a half, but yeah. And, and you do have situations where, you know, teams that's net out, in my opinion, um, obviously, I mean, they've made a movie about them, but the 2002 Oakland A's where they were able to pit, turn it around so much and start to win at such a high rate that, OK, they started coming back in a conversation. But that just that doesn't happen often enough to make it to where that sports kind of viable from that standpoint. Like it's a majority of the time. All right. We're halfway through the season. You know, we know it's going to be these top four teams, maybe two other teams who are fighting for, you know, wild card spots. And then there's six teams at the bottom who are just showing up yeah. for a paycheck. <laughs> if, if baseball didn't have the inventory it does from an advertising standpoint, like that's that's where they're making their volume because mm-hmm. they are providing, even though it's in a way more regional, they are providing 162 opportunities of of, of inventory um in the denver metro area for the colorado rockies Mm -hmm. um versus like the you know the grand level of well and it's um, i mean we're kind of getting off the topic i was going for but i i do like this conversation because i think it is interesting uh uh, we're seeing now a lot with the rise of these uh japanese stars you know in baseball we're seeing japanese companies now spending exorbitant amounts of money to you know for whenever shohei is pitching their logo is now on the back because they know all of Japan is tuning in so that, you know, they're getting ad placement for their home country for maybe a new audience that's never heard of them before. It's interesting. It, okay. It, yeah, it's definitely it's something new that we've seen because of this kind of new wave of all stars coming in from Japan. Damn. 
Yeah. No, That's crazy. I, I mean, ad revenue as a whole and all of that, that was one of the aspects I was wanted to talk about. The other one I wanted to talk about was gambling revenue um, on the game. Um, oh, my God. The estimates for this, and of course, I have to say estimates because it's impossible to figure out all the illegal bookies and you know offshore sites and all that stuff but the estimate that they have is 20 to 23 billion dollars was gambled on the game and that day so that also includes national anthem length you know things like that nature um but around oh, super bowl based props um so that that's a lot of fucking money i mean jesus christ that's uh you know a quarter of a hundred billion dollars in just yeah. bets changing hands um that is another aspect that's allowed all of these sports to grow exponentially recently um since was it 2018 or 2017 when sports betting was uh legalized for the I, I, I forget when Supreme Court did it, but they overturned a case, I want to say, that then made sports gambling a state's rights issue so the states could then decide if they wanted to allow it or not. That sounds familiar about about, about that time. I feel like I remember hearing that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, you know, that's kind of the, the, the points I'm making here is, you know, those are ways that that game makes its money back so then production can spend, I, I don't know how much, but you know, maybe 20, 30 million dollars on actually covering the game and, you know, host talent, all the different technologies, all the different staff and crew and everything that goes into presenting that. Yeah, I mean, as I'm, I mean, honestly, and I think maybe because it's a, a little bit of a newer thing, like I'm just, I'm not as educated in, um, other than of course, going in the overall coffer, like, I don't know how much of that makes it the revenue stream from gambling makes it back in. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't know either. Um, I your, I just more so TV mean that contracts. like yeah, but you know it, it's another because that's one of the things that you saw majorly was uh, was gambling sponsors. That was DraftKings oh, spent absolutely. hundreds of oh, millions yeah, yeah, of yeah. dollars advertising yeah. during the Super 100%. Bowl. That right. money does trickle back down into the league through broadcast revenue deals through uh, you know other yeah. means. I I think the point I was trying to paint there and how I am relating this to paintball is. Those are all things that are there that are drawing revenue and money into the game that aren't people playing the game at a lower level at the same event. Because that's kind of what paintball has right now to, you know, put on these events or to try new things or, you know, production budgets. And of course, Score Sports has the paywall and stuff like that. But the opportunities for them to sell to, you know, bigger advertisers and people who might have that money to bring in to then you know make a better product and that kind of circle loop that starts to continue is smaller now and and i think that's kind of where i wanted to bring all this is to show like the super bowl is where it's at today because it's had like you said 60 70 years almost of getting towards that point um well so dude i think you hit on something incredibly interesting that i don't know if it gets talked about enough with paintball um you know, I know the NFL has its or had its play 60 campaign and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. But but to to your point, at the end of the day, the NFL like doesn't give a shit if you play football. They don't care about high school players, they, really, other than they, talent to replace. Yes, but right, right. <laughs> Sorry, right. They have to have their pipeline. Now nah, yeah. it's Italian hands. But, like <laughs> that's not reliant. I mean, as a matter of fact, their growth has been exponentially removed from, um, you know, with now what we know about CTE and all this kind of stuff like this, the participation mm -hmm. numbers for tackle football are down, 
when like mm. all of these viewer numbers are up and why is that because they don't give a shit they want if you buy that buy a travis kelsey jersey and tune in that's what i give a sh they give a shit about is fans mm. and spectators and gamblers and that's that's a traditional sport that is a spectator sport model an action mm. sports model does have more in common with paintball when you are going to mm. have these larger like right you're gonna you're gonna have yeah. i i mean you know, just to, to give you a, an easy example is like skateboards you know like big skateboarders you get big all right now you have a deck that's your you know personal series deck sell a thousand of those now you have a revenue stream where you know you need a thousand people actually wanting to ride your skateboard and you know go out there and do what you're doing on their own level but using the equipment that either you're you know a part of or invested in yeah, and, and even the competitions are a little bit more akin to paintball where they're reliant mm -hmm. on, you know, the, the, the fate of the NFL doesn't go in the same direction as the fate of like peewee or high school football if yeah. there's reductions in participation numbers. They're going up because they're selling a spectator project. Uh, they're selling gladiators uh, in the arena. They're selling buy an aftershock jersey and watch. The guy. I don't give a shit if you play or not, you know. Yeah. Um, but the NFL doesn't make footballs; they make an mm -hmm. entertainment property, right? And, and then they sell you're... rights against it, and that's you know, yeah, yeah. Everyone makes um, billions it, of dollars off that, and it's crazy. Yeah, but you know, but I mean, you know, but shit, dude, right? Marky and things. I mean, HK makes headbands and and gun collabs and clothes and some and you know and whatever. Planet makes guns and GI makes paint and it's like so they all need you to buy those things. Mm -hmm. The NFL doesn't need you to buy anything except like ticket merch and be an eyeball so they can sell you to advertising. So there's like some in some some inherent differences there, you know. Mm -hmm. Just in who. Because I, I, I see what you're saying there, and I guess it's it's who reaps the reward of that, you know, because if, if paintball blows up, the companies that are going to kind of reap the reward of that is going to be the JTs, the, or I guess the core, um, the HKs, those companies, because they're going to see more people participating in the sport, whereas the NXL, I guess would they not see as big of a number jump? I feel like they would as well. Uh, I, I guess to me, those two numbers would be correlated. But with the example of the NFL, they're not. With football, mm. they are not. Participation in football, oh in yes, yes, okay, mm. does not correlate with interest in the NFL. Mm. But participation I, I see, I see. in paintball, okay. so that that that's a little bit. So the NFL is not as long as it has a pipeline of talent. You're not. Its bottom line and its revenue isn't affected because it'll still be able down. to put its product out on the field right because its product is entertainment for spectators to watch and fans it's, it's to buy honestly things. i mean uh, it's kind of a drastic example but it's honestly not all that different from the wwe or an entertainment series like that it's just it puts a different show out on you know the field or the court or the ring or whatever it is absolutely i mean i'm, I'm wearing a fucking sports entertainment um, yeah well hoodie, i, so you don't I, I knew to, wwe you would be me. for you yeah you got to see him punk one on but yeah. uh yeah like i mean that is kind of definitely people as much as they hate you know want to hate that and you know hate the kind of the the story and the excitement and the drama they also 
are drawn to it like moths to a flame i feel like like why has wwe been the biggest entertainment like enterprise in america for like 30 years at this point yeah i mean dude i'll take the i'll take the i'll take the hate and the five billion dollars they just signed with netflix <laughs> all day long and twice there you on go Sunday. exactly that's a streaming <laughs> I, I service mean, like oh my gosh shitload of money man uh, yeah that's for the right to comprehend five billion dollars that is insane right man i cannot even <laughs> uh, uh, you can fill I think, up a warehouse with that in cash uh yeah. and they uh, tripled they tripled that contract from le or no five uh, fivefold i think the contract was um a billion dollars at fox okay yeah. and then so they were able to negotiate higher with netflix yeah it i mean they technically Jesus. moved the Fox show moves to you to Universal USA Network, and then the USA Network show moves to Netflix. <laughs> well, of, of course, it's not yeah. clean, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's well, kind of yeah, how about it went. They're doing so that. Um, and then there's also like a massive international element to that business um, because Netflix is going to be the provider. So WWE. It, Oh, go ahead, brother. No, no, no. I finish your thought real quick, please. I mean, just WWE is shutting down their Go Sports Network, if you will. They're mm -hmm. internationally, and Netflix is now where their product is going to be. Um, their subscriber paywalled product is going to be delivered to the rest of the world, and then the implication: everybody thinks that once their contract expires at Peacock, which is currently where their network lives in the states it's going to everything's going to migrate over to netflix because netflix is trying to make a play into live sports mm. oh and oh, so. similar to what apple's done and kind of every big kind of streaming site is trying to get some type of sport project yeah, but underneath they can't their netflix is in an interesting spot like they're so those contracts are so valuable there's nothing to get in a traditional so you know netflix has first stepped into it with their docu content Mm -hmm. um, yep. They had a few golf tournaments, like a weird one-off here or there. Now they're trying to get into live sports, but you can't get, you know, the NFL contract is pretty tied up. Major League Baseball's contract is tied up. Like what's available? Um, you know, the, the, the not quasi, much out of the like core four kind of. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. For now, the sports entertainment and then they can potentially, you know, in the future, they may be a bidder for some of those like live sports contracts. Cause like you said, they're behind like Apple TV has a bit of a baseball contract, Amazon prime, mm -hmm. um, has and part of that football contract. When I was going to say, Apple probably was able to get that contract, like you were saying earlier, just because of how many opportunities throughout a season there are. You know, there's 162 games for each yeah. team. So, okay. If you want to broadcast 40 of them, we could probably find 40 games to sell you the rights to. Yeah, dude, the Apple game's on at like 10 in the morning or something like that, I think. <laughs> See, it's, um, yeah, it's and, not good, but it's um, on there. <laughs> but, you know, if you're a little, if you're, I mean, if you're a little kid, right, I mean, you're not, you know, you're not. But yeah, no Sunday right? morning you're, cartoons you're anymore. So. Yeah, you're, you're raring to go at 10 a.m. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, the landscape and all that stuff, but it's, it's, it's about spectators. Like, all of those things are not driven by participation. Mm -hmm. and, and, and paintball revenue is, if you're a paintball brand much in the same way like you said a skateboard brand or a snowboard brand mm -hmm. so there's just like this inherent viewpoint difference and challenge that um i think paintball faces yeah was and there, I was, or, sorry sorry yeah, right yeah is there a tipping point where where that happens um where it does the sport the nfl uh, yeah. as you were using it um 
when it gets just so large and big that it doesn't have to rely on on the 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 uh, consumers or um as you said it, yeah, as yeah, much as just selling the the viewership uh it at what tipping point does that happen damn bro that's such a good question if i had that i was just about to say that yeah i know i'd be like tom cole dude call me up i have to like um I, th I think some of it is an inherent nature and and dude it's interesting like i've been around long enough like we've had some of these conversations through some different generations of um like brandon like what's your guys favorite, and stuff yeah what, what's your what's your favorite nfl team bro oh i'm a niner fan great you're a fucking great squad also like i grew up in denver <laughs> so i was definitely rooting for those dudes um oh, yeah. what brand pads do the niners wear oh i don't know is it right, right. now you, it, i don't I think know. it's right now yeah. but yeah ultimately the you point you're making you still stands yeah it doesn't <laughs> yeah. fucking matter equipment doesn't matter on a consumer basis in that sport outside of perhaps cleats shoes yep. yeah yeah paintball like and this is where you get to action sports like you were talking about ryan skates certain yeah. you know boots bindings bearings but all of that equipment really matters so Loader, i'm not hopper, sure air system like pod right. pack like yeah so i'm just not sure if the tipping point branded in those two places are kind of like the same it would be fascinating uh to talk to an experienced nfl of like you know a, a old old even older than me dude so I mean, they can go back to 60s and 70s right and maybe where that really changed for them but but again the inherent sports are like are different so that those tipping points might be totally different but i mean man that's a fucking great question um i bet a lot of people people wish they had the answer well and and something yeah. to help with that i know we were talking about wrestling earlier and one of the points i wanted to bring up with wrestling dan it, you know maybe if someone out there hasn't ever watched a, a match or you know never watched wrestling in their right life are wrestlers exciting people um i would say yes so like you know they don't come out just head down walk towards the ring do their job and then leave pack up their stuff and go home they um, they, they make a scene characters. they add they their, their character characters. they have a yeah. flair yeah, they I, create scenes they create drama they draw viewers say, into the sport so um if you're interested in talking about this all of your 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 most successful your most successful pro wrestlers and people like, and I mean like Dwayne Johnson, John Cena, Steve Austin, like people who have super, super broken through what they'll always tell you is that like their character is a massive amplification of themselves. So Steve yeah. Austin's real name is Steve Williams. Stone Cold Steve Austin is Steve Williams from South Texas turned up to 17. That's kind of the marching order on all of these different like CM yeah, Punk and is Phil Brooks exacerbated. Mm, I, I think that's a good high level because what I was going to relate that to paintball with is, you know, why now do we have rules where NYX back in the day, they want a point, they dump a loader on some people. That's a great moment. That's hype. It builds, you know, entertainment, excitement. They'd get a penalty for that now. And there's been a couple other rule changes that have gone towards, you know, not letting these guys express themselves and i think we're now moving away from that i think we had a couple That's years great. of that and now we're getting some guys who are starting to be like well no this is how we sell it this is you know if i come out here and talk my shit then more people are going to pay attention um and i but i the point i was trying to relate is you know wrestling at the end of the day it's it's a very big athletic performance but 
you know, it's I don't want to say fake, but it's 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 nah. it's predetermined. It's it a, is. it's entertainment. It's predetermined. It's, exactly. Just like a movie. But just they're like able to bring scripted. in millions of people to watch it and to give a shit and to hang on every moment that's happening in right. a match because of how they portray and sell it not necessarily just because of you know what an elbow drop looks like although that would still you know that's a hype moment and it's cool to see someone fly like that right okay. people relate people relate to the characters man i mean there's a reason like um again if you're so inclined like pull f you know fucking google snoop dog and the last wrestlemania <laughs> snoop dog one of the cool he's like a little fucking kid he's so <laughs> giddy that he's getting to do all this kind of shit like yeah it's fucking entertainment it is um it's trump was in a wwe super slam um, at one point <laughs> like it's you know anyone quest. kick it up there but it's it's it's, it's, it's how they it's, sell it it it's a piece it's it's a piece of entertainment it's it's athletically scripted entertainment and I think when you draw, when when people want to look at the analogies, I don't think it's ever about the concept of, like, you know, I don't think anybody's ever was like, ah, oh, paintball should be scripted. That's fucking ridiculous. But, no, like, yeah, you can. There, you know, there, I mean, people there would are, say it is, or you know, there may be people who during I, the years or you know, certain periods of time, but yeah. Bro, I guess that's fucking golden. Whoever pulled that up. Like, oh, good job, Brandon. Yeah, dude. young Jamie got a good one up there. That <laughs> is the, fucking fantastic. Off the throw um, in the uh, in the video, but I, and right. I was just saying, well, wrestling's just such an easy one because that's really all the substance of the sport is the ability to create a story and then do a athletic performance and kind of sell whatever that story right. that you built up was. Obviously, uh, MMA has a very similar note. Um, you know. You could say some like of the TKO. NFL, we've started to see that more and more recently. Also, dude, that's funny. Okay, I'll give you another like weird wrestling insider thing that makes that just cripples paintball. One of the number one things that like they'll teach a wrestler is what sells your shit is like your, um, I'll, I'll frame this in, uh, in the long form, your facial expressions. I uh, will call her short form, right? <laughs> that's your selling. Like that's all of your like. Well, that's it's, why it's like, selling. Like that's why that term is have, used a lot. Right. Immediately, paintball players have fucking masks on. Okay, that's an, it, it, that. Yeah, and I everyone mean, loves like tinted lenses. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, that that's an obstacle. I mean, just some of the stuff that you're you're you were talking about earlier to bring back to paintball stuff, and like that's some things that I've said I've noticed over the over the course of time. You know, it's been a while since I've stepped on a field now, but like, and I get that there's logical reasons for all the decisions that are made. I think sometimes people don't give the powers that be um enough like credit uh there may be not the logic that i'm operating from as a filmmaker or a storyteller as a media person like i you know one of the examples i always love to talk about is this, this concept where they go like i mean there's a reason that buzzers are used that's like super logical that's fine i fucking hate it and for my yeah. purposes it's terrible because <clears throat> a flag is clear that flag grab and then you would get you know players that would taunt <clears throat> mm -hmm. excuse well, me I, they would taunt each other i mean i can think of one in my head right now an image in my head is the end of the joy division san diego dynasty game bc running down the field mass painted all the fucking orange and you know half the crowd's cheering half the crowd's booing that's a moment that doesn't happen if he just goes up and goes that beep yeah um so when you start to take <clears throat> take away that real estate um it makes it a little bit you know there's there's a lot of challenging 
things. So the more of those things that you can put back in, um, you know, uh, uh, paintball, I mean, obviously you're going to wear goggles as goggles are. <laughs> But so yeah, we, little things like what, that make a difference. What I'm hearing is we got to go back to Brandon's dad's days and just rock the Scott goggles and just that's all we yep. get. No, oh, no shit, face protection. Awesome. That, scares, <laughs> that scares me, bro. That scares me. I mean, yeah, that's the thought of that. I, I went back yesterday. I posted a reel with Brandon and his dad in it, uh, funnily enough. But it always freaks me out when I go back and watch like early mid 90s uh, footage yeah. and you just see just scott goggles and it's like this That's this wild. seems deadly like someone's gonna break a tooth i don't know like yeah, yeah. Did nobody catch one right down the gullet you know what i'm saying like has that, that ever happened before like, i've eaten I paint and i wear a mask in front of me and i still feel like i've like taken shots in the chin before yeah dude there but, have been somewhere it comes right head on where all the paint just goes right in my mouth while I'm yelling, and you get <laughs> and you get choked. You, oh. it's that shrapnel, dude. It's like that scene from Tony Stark in the first Iron Man, bro. You are shrapneled in, dude. So, Such a particular reference. Yeah. Well, good job, Hatch. Uh, but yeah, and I think you know by the the Super Bowl kind of you know more professional athletic side, we we touched on a lot of the stuff I wanted to tonight. Um, but you know I I think that is where a lot of it comes from is like that that's been built up for two or three generations of time at this point to be to where it is to you know vegas shuts down for it and you know all these people watch around the globe at this point not just around america um it's you know it, it's built to that based off of a long period of time so some of these things you can expedite very quickly the x games type wow. of explosion and boom that it saw really quickly that can happen but you know a lot of the time these sports leagues and these very uh, successful industries we see today have been built since you know the since world war ii essentially that's where a lot of them kind of have their first starting date is the end of that i'd love to see the research what um the the 1974 super bowl where did that rank amongst like the most watched shows of, on television i don't know but mm. i think that would be like really fascinating to like make that sort of comparison um, I was four by three in black and white and <laughs> yeah, dude, right. You still got a lot of TVs. Um, no, just to say, I wanted to apologize to your audience, uh, before I forget again. Um, I had, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd have my thyroid removed in, uh, December. Um, so if I get a little like, yeah, parchy and is, is my voice yeah, roughens I, up here or there. Like, uh, that's what that's from. Apologies. I, yeah, no, no problem at all for me. Uh, all I, I, yeah, I hope our audience is, is okay with that out there. I mean, yeah, the man's, he's a legend, fine. you know, he just went fine. under surgery. Yeah. Okay. Give him his, well, uh, talk, be careful with uh, him. <laughs> yeah, it's still dude, a video show. Age. So I guess you could mime for about half the show and just yeah, kind of, yeah, do, give uh, us some, <laughs> some like marker movements. My American sign language is not as good as it should be. Or what we could do is you could just turn on Iron Kids in the background and then just let that roll and that I'm way people sure are still Alex getting be, something yeah, yeah right? you probably wouldn't be too happy um speaking of let's kind of transition into that topic uh i mean yeah right behind you man that's the editing setup for iron kids it's been in the works for you know a while now in post-production um all of the people in paintball who are not familiar with you know the production timeline of something are probably like what the hell is taking so long uh right. all of us who are a little more comfortable are like Wow, he's making good progress on it. <laughs> um, so I guess you know, let's let's get kind of a check in. How, you know, how how's it going? How has the process been? Um, obviously, yeah. it's been a little bit of time since we've you know, or since you and the crew have filmed some things. Uh, but it's been a lot more now of building the story, of getting all the things, the right parts together, and getting them in the right place. 
Yeah, for sure, man. <clears throat> like, so uh, interesting today. I So I delivered Alex the first 12 finished minutes today um, Ooh, to let okay. him see. That's exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, and I know it's such a crazy world because um, what so many of you guys do, and I know folks like Dylan and stuff, I mean, it's like, it's weird because I'm, as I get older, I've become the antithesis of that. Not like that I hate it, but I just mean what I deliver. Like you guys are turning over good stuff so fast. I, I will say, amazing. don't compare yourself to Dylan. If you're out there, do not compare yourself to Dylan Fout. This man will make like the best three minute edit I've ever seen. He's like, oh, it took me 30 minutes. I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> like yeah, you're just so wild. good. But you know, but all of you, all of you, you know, everyone, Vrabel and Rye Guy, everybody's it's yeah. turning stuff quick. It's, it's, it's I so will different say that too. than this. I think it's, it's just, but it's also different formats of content. I think, you know, yes. how that content is mm -hmm. presented and preserved yeah. almost. Cause I mean, I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, put things out there, but you know, look at your past works. They've stuck through the years. I mean, one night in November, it's been 12 years since that piece yeah. uh, was filmed, probably, you know, it's crazy 11 or so since you released it. And it's still yeah. talked about very, you know, very, uh, very often in our community. And that's something that Iron Kids has another potential to do. And maybe not even our community, but other communities help, you know, spread the word of what this sport is. Um, so, yeah, you know, my little YouTube video of Hatch yelling obscenities as a ref is not going to last that long and it shouldn't last that long. Yeah. yeah, no, man, intention. I mean, intention is huge. And like, you know, we, we set out to make something really special. Um, you know, I, again, I can't give enough credit, honestly, to Alex and Oliver, but we really sat down and I mean, the, the things that we're working in and like, dude, like big scale docs are like, man, three to five year periods are, are not atypical i mean you know some things are, are are coming up a lot faster you know also to look you know if netflix commissions like qb1 or whatever their fucking quarterback show ended up being yes they're putting like 90 people so we're talking about indie filmmaking you know a lot of the stuff that we're modeling off it you know uh momentum generation which is one of my favorite docs is a, a surf surf doc you know that was seven years like there's some different things some financing some stuff that goes into that so you know we're you know we're in a going to be about a three year cycle. Um, we're looking to uh, is that premiere. Is that including pre production as well? Or like from yes, okay. So that's actually yeah. not that bad, really. I mean, from like start of kind of concept of the idea yeah. to seeing a full product. Also, too, when you start to math out, and again, yeah, it's it's really cool that you, you just sort of point out the differences. So we have um, around thirty plus interviews that have created about uh, seventy to eighty hours of interview, and and there there's a lot there. I mean, I wasn't yeah. there for all of them, but You're, the yeah, couple bro, that I was that? there, it's. It, it's a big story like and i think yeah. that's something that i don't know if everyone fully is expecting and that's why maybe they're like why is it taking so long there's a lot to cover here yeah there's a lot of elements and also like it's not you know we're we're probably our, our working title right now which we're probably sticking with right is is we we could be a dynasty the story of the iron kids not we are a dynasty fucking crushing everyone. So it's not from, you know, 2003 on, like this is like almost really the dynasty origin story. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you also then have 
like things that tie into you know the NorCal paintball scene and Mare Island and all of these. Um, and so just really trying to get it right and really like, yeah, there's been like a lot of effort. Like you can't see it cause it's like in my living room, but like <laughs> I have one of my walls, I have two different story clocks. And then my other wall, I have my like writers, like note carded murder board. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot wow. of breakdown just for everyone out there, a story clock. Like what, what does that kind sure. of look like? What, what, you um, know, so story clock i mean it's it's been used in a bunch of different places but like the most uh recent purveyor of it is a dude named dan Harmon, um who's probably known probably mostly probably more for your audience did i bet by like rick, rick, and, rick morty. and morty yeah yeah um <laughs> also did a fucking awesome show called community that was way underrated way before that yeah um, <laughs> but um but so there's a way that you break down you basically take your three act structure or a five act structure if that's what you're writing in and you break it over a clock so that starts to get you of your like pacing and where you're like, okay, it's like, I, I need to be out of the first act here. And then we're out of act two here. And that these are where, and then, so, you know, you start to like realize you get in some spots and you can't be like, okay, like the Hawaii scene, which is part of what I delivered to Alex to check out today. Like we can't be in Hawaii for half an hour in a two hour movie like you have some of these so like that's how you kind of build we gotta get back um, to mare island at some point you know like yeah you yeah, gotta be bouncing around a bit yeah at some point you can't be like hey like we're an hour and a half in and the iron kids haven't formed yet Shit. <laughs> like, like maybe that, we should do that yeah uh, man we gotta get to that this team's this team's gotta form um you know something else um just some more maybe more insider production stuff i don't know that i will be able to pull this off but um just for me creatively, I wanted to take the leap. Like we may try to pull this off without a narrator. Um, that's really hard. Uh, that's yeah. um, I, so that there's a reason that's my first reaction. Cause I've, I've done, you know, on a way smaller scale, my own, both types of documentaries, one being able to write and tell kind of setting up what's going on. And then the other where, you know rebirth was not that there was no narration done by me so much harder to tell a story like that when you can't kind of just be like oh yeah and now we're going over here and you know you have to have someone kind of in the story tell that to the audience and bring it out and oh yeah okay i <laughs> And so it ties in I a lot, a lot for of times, you. I'm sorry, Dan. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's good. It, it just, if it doesn't get too complicated, I mean, what's great about it, I mean, and, you know, we've conducted so many interviews that that's possible. They almost kind of become a narrator of sorts when you have that many well, voices. Well, and so there's, there's a reason you do that is like, um, there's, a, there's a creative reason and, and something that I really want to lean into this in, in, in honoring all of those people that we're documenting is if... Oliver tells you something and Alex tells you something and then the narrator, whoever they are, comes in and tells you something that is actually the voice of God and the voice of truth. Like, mm -hmm. so whatever the narrator says, you know, if the narrator says Oliver stabbed Alex in the back, that's <laughs> you believe that. If Alex Drive to Survive says, is a key example of this. <laughs> dra so dra yeah, and Drive to Survive is a key example for at least in the, the early seasons of them not doing that on purpose and them wanting to, like, you have your glue guys, you have your, your journalist moving it along. So one of the things I'm most excited about in the film also is 
Matt Marshall's on this side of the camera for once. Like we interviewed him as a kind of like glue guy instead of Maddie always being like the narrator. The omnipotent, he, just voice yeah. God above um, kind of guy. Yeah, yeah you actually get to Maddie's see him a, and yeah. He's a great interview. He's an amazing interview. You know, and he was oh, also yeah. bringing some of that stuff in. <laughs> Go check out um, our interview with it, guys. It's a couple episodes back. <laughs> a little, little plug there. You know, that was nice and natural. Yeah, right. Did you, how, what'd you guys clock in? Three, four hours? Uh, we went too, but it was mainly because he had to put his kid to bed. Uh, so that was the uh, main yeah, thing. Mo so Monty wasn't if, letting he definitely could have kept going. If it wasn't, yeah. yeah. If that didn't happen, he definitely could have, yeah, yeah. could have kept going. Such an amazing dude. But um, so, yeah, we, like, we want to have let because then if. Oliver says something and Alex says something, you as the viewer are making your own takeaway and your own truth is it. But the second that I come in as a narrator and clean that up, sometimes, and that's why I said I'm not 100% we can do it, sometimes you simply have to have your narrator give context or move you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to gotcha. see if we can like avoid that and really just tell the story in the words of like the people who lived it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is what, where that is also another thing that takes a really long period of time. <laughs> uh, the, the, the last thing that happened, but these are all beautiful things that hopefully the end result, like everyone in paintball is very happy with. And this will happen on docs sometimes. I, I know they will be. I like I'm just gonna say so, that already. It's yeah, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> but continue, we sorry. went no no brother. We went from thinking like so the the thing about the Iron Kids part of this is the Iron Kids ended really before the video explosion started. They they ended about a year before everybody started. So even like, you know, and then like years get messed up, you know, so so Alex is like, you and Brad were filming. We were like, no, we weren't, bro. We didn't start <laughs> until 2001. Um, so we were really concerned about how much footage we had. Once it got announced that this has got made, the thing that I forgot about is the, in the late 1990s are like America's funniest home videos world. The, the mm. prosumer camera started to be prevalent so a lot of people had home movies and found footage Mm -hmm. and then you know uh brad's got some stuff he had done in film school so i thought we were going to have no resources i'm just getting boxes of tapes and piled (laughs) like dude i seriously i got this text last week bc's like hey bro uh my mom's cleaning out my stuff um here's a picture are there any of these that would help you um Spider Cup VHS, I have it. Some other thing, have it, have it, have it. The last tape says SC Village, 1995. I'm like, I don't know what that is, bro, but I want to see it. Well, yeah. yeah. He's like, I think it's, he's like, I don't know, man. It's, like, it's probably bad. I think it's maybe from the first time I, I played paintball. I'm like, cool. Now I really fucking want it. <laughs> yeah, <Brian." laughs> that's awesome. Holy shit. Um, so, so that's in route. Um, well, and, but and- then there's... One thing that's kind of funny to point out here, too, with the timeline is once digital came around, kind of that 2002, 2003, 4, a lot of the quality of stuff went way downhill for a brief period of time when digital recording wasn't as good as tape and uh, film still was. You would see, you know, stuff in the 90s that looks it can look pretty good if it's cleaned up and, and presented correctly. And then early 2000s, it, it, it almost looks worse, you know, like it takes a step back and then it starts to get better. And that, you know, eventually digital, you know, almost takes over. And I mean, yeah, dude, it's more that, artistic that at downside. this point, which one do you like? Some, some of the quality like of the 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 
the found footage we have, I, you know, hope people will be forgiving. And it's the reward is seeing an 18 year old Todd Martinez. Um, <laughs> That's you know, worth it. The, uh, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Yeah. The downside is like, yeah, the quality is a little, a little suspect. Um, but then there, you guys use the video, get that cleared up a little bit, <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm trying to, yeah, a little topaz. <laughs> yeah, um, geez, yeah. But like that's deep cut, all editors out there, they're rolling. They yeah. love that one. Then I have to catalog. Somebody has to catalog all this stuff. Somebody has to bring it in, convert <laughs> it. And I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm trying to like properly convert it. Um, so i you can't really see, but I've got a bunch of like, like pro decks behind me. Um, I mean, we're up resing it. It still can only go, but I, but I'm not just turning it to digital. Like mm -hmm. we are trying to like properly change the codec and the frame rate and bring it up. And that's all um, stuff that adds on more time. Like, these are all yeah. just, you know, you could just kind of sloppily just, all right, tape recorder into a digital file. Boom. Now we have it, but you could spend all this time and try to get it to the, you know, to the best yeah. it could be. Obviously it's almost 30 year old footage at this point. It's not going to be amazing. It's not going to be, you know, what we're used to today, but you know, do what you can to at least preserve it and help tell that story with it. Yeah. And, and seeing those dudes at that age. So I have a question. Have <laughs> you crazy. guys, did any of you guys see the teaser for the iron kids that it only aired during the finals of world cup? So I, no. I saw it because you sent it to me because I was on the field and I think they're in the similar position. So, um, I could actually maybe pass that link along. I don't know if that one will work or, or something, but well, I, I was going to say like, if you want, I, I think that link is maybe gone, but I'm happy. Like, do you want to play it inside your show? Yeah, no, we could definitely do that. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we could throw it up here. Uh, I maybe, yeah. Um, all right. Well, Hey guys, uh, do you want to watch the trailer for the Iron Kids documentary right now, or a little teaser at least? Through the power uh, of editing. Thanks yeah, to Dan like, Napoli. It's, it's 60 seconds. I mean, I can text it to you right now. I'm sure you don't want to play it off somebody's. No, but yeah, dude, you're going to do this in post. All right, 100%. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, get ready for it. It's right here, Iron Kids trailer. Enjoy. Enjoy. The creativity to imagine no pros give you any respect because you're a kid. Once you get a bunch of young guys on the road and you have the freedom and there's no rules. What do you mean? You can't leave the kid in friggin' Amsterdam. His mom was probably like, what the fuck? You let this happen? And I was like, I wasn't there. And his dad bailed. When you're out there on the field playing, the other shit in your life melts away. I mean, it was like betrayal. Pretty sure he was a traitor too. It went from jealousy to fuck them. We rose so fast. The biggest mistake that Shane and I ever made was it's so hard to stay on top because everyone wants to destroy you. He flipped a switch and he made the decision that he would rather die than lose at paintball. Come on, they're calling themselves Iron Kids. Yeah, it's a fuck you to the establishment. And I can hear people going, oh, how could they do that? That team is the best team on the planet. That's why we were so good. We loved each other. You know, the best, purest, most fun I've ever had in my life. I've got to do what I need to do. He's the last guy in the beginning that I would have thought would stick it out the whole way. So, uh, I, welcome back in. Um, I, when I first saw that, I, I just said one thing, Dan, I said goosebumps. Because uh, it's, it's awesome. just hearing all those different voices layering of just all the kind of characters that are involved with this story. It just, it makes it feel so grand. And you're only showing one, though. And it's, I, I don't know, it's it's a very, it's a very, uh, uh, in a way to me, it is touching. Because it's just, it's it's kind of those are all parts of my childhood was watching all these dudes play paintball and watching your videos about them playing paintball mm -hmm. and now i got to work on one and it's you know about all the same dudes and i yeah 
it, it, it's a full circle moment for me and it's one that you know i'm so thankful for you and alex for helping you know bringing me on to help out with but um but yeah so Dude, yeah guys i mean what... <laughs> to be able to do that man but yeah what um would you guys think feel feel good feel interesting absolutely oh, i yeah. think uh i think a lot of those voices you know you could obviously tell there was like ryan greenspan skinny kevin in there you know it's like i i like being able to hear all the voices you know it, it kind of reminds me of uh it gives me the chills i don't know if you ever heard this uh, the the paintball song called shooting paint i don't know if you ever heard that song right but there's a moment where it's like it cuts all the music and it's like all the dudes talking where it's like you know what like paintball like blah blah it's like the best way to get people to love paintball is to take somebody and take paintball kind of let them play paintball and let them interpret it their their own way that kind of reminds me of that and uh it just really makes me in tune with you know the sport that i've been playing for so long grinding in you know so i really do i really do like it there's something so powerful about just a spoken word you know just kind of by yes, itself sir. not a lot behind it just a little simple kind of tune and it yeah brandon i what's what's your thoughts on it real quick buddy it's it's finding out all the the backstory behind everything you know um I mean, as you say there's so much history there and and maybe explaining why why exactly they called themselves the iron kids you know heard, heard a little snippet there with with uh, maybe maybe not maybe uh, what ryan greenspan said i don't know if it's directly connected to it but that's that's what i put together you know um I don't know. It, it, there's so much untold history there, and it, it that's the shit I like. That's well, what I like watching. You know, it's also mm. kind of cool, I guess, from your guys's your family's aspect of like that's where the Bairds left paintball was kind of right when this Iron Kids happened. I mean, they were there for the couple years before it, and then you know Rick eventually left a couple years before that. Your dad eventually left. And then, you know, it was a completely new, different set of people who had the name Iron Man, but we're still kind of continuing on with it. Um, and so, yeah, no, it, it very interesting. Paintball is, I, I don't, that's one of the things that always baffles me about the sport is the connecting histories and storylines that just seem to flourish. Um, I, it just seems like there's such a rich history in something that is, is, I don't want to say small scale, but when you look at anything else in the world, it is a lot smaller scale than, you know, those type of uh, projects. So I have a question for you guys. I, I'd be surprised if you knew the answer uh, to this. Okay. Uh, but you but you may. Um, so, there, so somebody had the line in that, um, the biggest mistake that Shane and I made in it, and then it cut out. Do you know whose voice that was? Oh. Um, damn it. Well, Shane, so I'm guessing it's an Iron Man member because it's he's good plays with Shane. Uh, Shane Shaner is, uh, is it? Is it? He, mm. He's talking about him and Shaner, like, dude, like that, like that's fucking Dave Youngblood. We have a okay. we have a we have a Dave Youngblood interview in this, like, Dave was gracious <laughs> enough who, who doesn't do a wow. ton of interviews, but um. Yeah, we it's funny sat down. I, I did an interview about two weeks ago, and the person I interviewed had a lot to say about Dave Youngblood, too. So that's really funny. That, oh, that's, interesting. Yeah, yeah it's a polarizing um, figure for sure. But okay, that's, yeah. that is awesome, uh, though. I haven't heard him speak much. I've never really heard his voice. Yeah, I would I would not expect, and and you know, Dave's like a, a, a figure in the industry that is, I'm like around, but not like if you're, 
you know, if you're a certain, like if you're my paintball generation, like like people talk to Dave. So even if he wasn't doing on camera interviews, like you're like, oh, I know what he, but yeah, I wonder, but but having a Dave Youngblood interview, because again, from a story perspective and, and you know, I mean, Brandon, maybe you and your family are gonna definitely dig this. I mean, we have to build the Iron Man as a character. Like they, the Iron Man have to matter if they, yeah. um, and they certainly matter in the grand scheme. I'm talking filmmaker world. I don't want that to come off directly. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, so we have no, to that get was directly to bit. the 2024 Ironman roster yeah. that's going to Vegas. No, right. no. Thanks. Hey, man. Thanks. <laughs> got you. I got you, Dan. Um, but um, no, it's really important. Um, and then that begets also the fact that, like, you have to address the fact that the Ironmen are actually originally a North California entity and that Mare Island is this essential. And there's all of this, these layers. And, yeah, all these other that, that, that kind tournaments, of tie into that. paintball Sam's and all the, the rich history of uh, Northern California paintball, uh, which is yeah. something that I didn't know much about. Like, I knew some and kind of the popular stuff. But, yeah, diving into I've been researching a, a documentary about Bob Long. That's kind of the next target Ooh. of one of the video essays i want to do i don't know if wow. you saw the wdp one um i but did I, I know those because I, I lived that dude i did watch that oh um, okay yeah i'll get your thoughts um, on that in that a second was... but uh just to finish up bob long like it was really interesting talking with brandon's dad there's so much that happened in northern california with paintball and kind of you know a lot of really high tier people but also just really talented people came out of this area during the 90s and kind of then spread you know the joy of everything else that's not calling down other places obviously there was you know the all-americans camp and you know there was other kind of great places that were putting paintball on the map but this definitely was one of them at the start of that oh man i mean i mean one of the things that is like one of our kind of northern stars of the film i mean we want to we want to pay proper homage to norcal and and mare island and what that and then everything because like dude there's stuff that i don't think people i mean i i didn't know this until recently last couple years because of the generation that i'm in if you go like billy saransky danny love you're like oh yeah chicago dudes chicago aftershock you're like mm, chicago aftershock not chicago dudes those dudes came up playing north california like all of these guys that you're, that, you know, I that they didn't cross my radar or a lot of people's radar until they relocated and they kind of crossed up. But, but Mare Island is this kind of like, and then North California is this little dude. Even San Diego Dynasty, it's called San Diego Dynasty because that <laughs> happened as the kids were in college down there. But nobody's from San Diego. Yeah, a majority uh, of them are from here. the Bay Area, from uh, Northern like, California. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's in Northern California. Um, so there's some of the elements that we're trying to kind of talk to in in the film, and and then actually. Um, and again, man, this is so much on those guys. And, and as a, uh, a filmmaker and a creative person or artist, whatever you want to say, I'm so grateful and humbled by them uh, it, because like it's really character driven. It's really showing who people's are like we talk about real life like the I don't want to talk. I, I would say the, the one of the biggest like analogies, uh, analogous films is Till the Wheels Fall Off. Um, which is a Tony Hawk doc that's on HBO. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so, dude, that that doesn't just talk about the 900 <laughs> and the fucking video game. That talks about Tony's 
marital like in, issues and mm-hmm. why Tony's issues with his parents being as a bro- like just him as a human being. It's really compelling stuff. And and um, also everyone uh, him asking people to do a kickflip. I I, I love that part of it where <laughs> yeah, right, anyone he'd right, go right. up to he'd just be like, "Can you do a kickflip?" And then they'd try and fail or do it. And yeah, but it's a funny little moment. Yeah, man, it's super. So you know we're 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 trying to bring this. Um, you know, so so we are just really trying to elevate um, what we're doing, and 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 it takes a long time. Um, also, like I had some health issues and had some family health issues last year that like slowed some things down. But um, you yeah, can never blame for that stuff. Unfortunately, it, it does nah. happen. But yeah, um, but but we're cranking, um, and yeah, like we're we're, and there's there's so much symmetry. Like the last event. The last national event that the Iron Kids played was World Cup 1999. The last before people went places. My first World Cup was World Cup 1999. What do you question? Um, Random question. Do you know what month that was in? Was it like August, September? It was October. (laughs) October. Dan, that was a month before I was born. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) I was born the following month after that. That's not an enjoyable piece of information. <laughs> so, but I, I also I think did, that I goes did, to show to that, like, that, your generation, you guys, this has been your life. I mean, you know, you guys have have spent your adult lives for paintball and, you know, other things around, you know, other sports, other kind of, you know, things around this aspect. But, you know, guys like you, Alex, you know, Greenspan, uh, Todd Adamson now kind of coming back into it, like, these are dudes who have now given a majority of their life into this sport and this thing that we all love. And I, I think that's, admir- uh, you know, admirable. So I'm trying to be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude, <laughs> I appreciate, I mean, it's weird. I don't know that I would have thought, you know, uh, that I, that I'd be able, uh, you know, shit that I'd be welcome to do that. Like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's cool. I mean, dude, it was so crazy. Like, um, I was at the Orlando event, you know, the 2023 season kickoff mm-hmm. Darren and go sports was cool enough to bring me out and was working, you know, on producing some pre-tape stuff. And I hadn't actually set foot in an event in like six years. Um, it was like, like emotionally humbling like how welcomed everybody made me feel like it was like wow man it was um so i mean i feel fortunate to still be welcomed 25 Mm. years um into it which is which is wild to say yeah no and it's i mean yeah it goes to show you know kind of the long the long standing impression of you know the things that you've done and you know things that you've worked on with other people you know it's it's never just you but obviously as a director your name goes up top and a lot of the responsibility does kind of follow down through you into other members of the Mm -hmm. crew and cast um one of the things that i you know it, it stands out to me with a lot of your pieces of work is your music uh, selection, your music influences and choices. Um, and it's something that really has, you know, we've talked about before, but it has impacted me. Um, I would not know what Midwest email was if you, you know, never made paintball videos, but awesome. now I freaking, you know, I have it on my Spotify playlist, you know, like I listen to pop punk a lot more than I probably would if I never was exposed to some of that stuff from your guys' generations of, you know, videos, you know, it wasn't just you, but uh, you know, a lot of that goes to say is, you know, music is a is a very big part. Is that something that's coming back into Iron Kids? Is there, you know, something kind of touching towards uh, that a yeah, little bit? Dude. Or yeah, I, if you want to speak on that, I mean, I, I haven't heard you talk about music for the piece much, but 
Yeah, um, I'm being um, fairly quiet. I will give you guys a quick heads up. My battery is low on my laptop. Okay. And I'm out of ports oh, um, no. with my camera <laughs> and my mic. So uh, we'll just roll this till it dies. Yeah, this will be the biggest, like, like the best soundtrack that I've done, like we're in a different class of artists. Oh, wow. Um, I don't want to. (laughs) So, I mean, there's still some genre. I mean, the genre hasn't necessarily changed. We're bringing some different stuff in, but this will be, um, and I mean, honestly, a lot of that credit I have to give to Alex because, and Oliver, um, I've I've seen this a little bit. I think I know where you're going. (laughs) Well, is it just, it's like, it's the number one thing, anybody that works commercially that your client goes, can we chintz on the music? (laughs) I don't know. Do we really need insert like, and you're like, well, and and I'm, yeah, we do. I'm going to give you an example and say you do. So I just watched uh, NASCAR's full speed. It's essentially their drive to survive or full swing about NASCAR they ended it their big climactic winner being announced confetti going off into credit song was my chemical romance welcome to the black parade that's nice. a song that would never be used for something like that but as we're starting to see more people from the younger generation come up into yeah. music supervision roles saying no we do need a song like this because when you see 120 frames of confetti going and a person <laughs> crying and that song's playing in the background, it's emotional as all hell and it hits, it hits hard. The spot. It yeah. just hits the spot. Do any so. of you guys watch The Bear? I haven't so, seen it. I know um, I should. I, I 100% yeah. know I should. It's one of those shows. I've seen shows. a little bit of it. It's so fucking good. But dude, the soundtrack, the music is an essential that's a character it sucks it's like telling it's like being told like oh dude that's awesome um can you not use purple while you paint like, what <laughs> yeah, i'm just gonna take like, that I out of the palette i don't have to use fuck fine um and to the and i get you know look you, you know of course things have to make sense financially but you know <laughs> alex and oliver value that and they value that art so there's a little bit more like in a you know emphasis i'm i'm allowed to like you know the discussion's a little bit more like i mean do you want lavender too or just purple you're like no 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 i'll take some (laughs) lavender cool bro yeah um well and i've seen it i I saw it a couple times on set where alex kind of had a song in mind and was like dan dan listen to this how does this sound like i was thinking for maybe this i kind of saw that conversation happen and take place a couple times and it's i think that's one of the things that I think people need to take from maybe this conversation, but also other conversations around Iron Kids is Alex's involvement. He he dove headfirst into it. Uh, he never really, I mean, I, I, I don't know his full background, but I, I don't think he's ever really been an executive producer in the sense that he has on this piece before. No, but I mean, he he has not, but I mean, he, you know, Alex is definitely like an artist and, and, you know, his dad is a big entrepreneur and his mom was an entrepreneur and his mom is, is artistic. So there's some elements of, of them understanding and, and, you know, obviously, and then Oliver is just the, you know, like amazing person that he is like those guys just get it. They just get it. I mean, and that was my introduction too. is like when I first started coming around to paintball, there was kind of the secret underground of people maddie and your eric crandall's and your brad mons and that somebody introduces you like you know racket cognoni goes i'm gonna take you over and meet like the guys like us and you're like you meet this person and you meet that person you know yeah they were definitely you know they were definitely of that um 
you know, of that persuasion because they get it. And, you know, like Alex grew up skiing with his dad and seeing those ski films and how those, um, you know, also the, the, the directive from those guys were like, I do not want this to be a fluff piece about how great we are. I want people. I mean, we've sent out like interview requests to people and said, like, talk about how shitty they were. <laughs> to you as a person that's fine like we're not asking you to to um and it's very rare right yeah you, like your well, ep is is that yeah i, I mean it's, it's one of those things i want to very tread carefully because obviously this is yes no but it you know there there was heated moments in interviews at times there was you know emotion that was being shown about some Absolutely. stuff that took place and it was yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited for people to see some of those sides of the story that yeah, I think just they yeah. you couldn't know about, you know, it's something that you'd have to be close to the team or around during that time to know. Yeah. You know, and, one thing and, in the trailer that that we were watching that I really thought was pretty interesting is whenever the word traitor is thrown around, dude, that is like that is like the worst thing to ever be called is a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously like hearing that is like, man, I can't even like the emotion toward for that is going to be through the roof when you call somebody a also, goddamn traitor. Yeah. Also note the one female voice in the trailer is yep. the one who calls somebody a traitor. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, man. I mean, it's just a crazy, amazing story with amazing, uh, you know, people. It's so improbable. Um, everybody's, um, you know, Oh God, every, I just, everybody's really, really fucking interesting that, that we talk to. And I mean, that's the other thing when you talk about depth of character, like we talk to moms, we talk to sisters, like, uh, um, that's, a, that's fantastic. So yeah, we're, 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 we're trying to really make something, like I said, special. And I, I hope, you know, I hope people dig it. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. no, I, I hope they do too. I mean, look, I, I was on a set for like four days. So like, that's all I can yeah. say I contributed to it, but it still feels like I want this to be a successful just because like, I saw what was going into it almost more, if that makes sense. Like, you know, it's kind of that, like you're on the edge where you kind of see the outside perspective and you're like, well, but I did see in for a couple yeah. of days. There's some, <laughs> some cool stuff coming guys. Like I I'm, I'm very excited for it. I definitely am. I love that you noted Moffat that, and, and that people, I mean, that is like, it's, it's very much, it's very much like a team sport. I don't know that I'm not a hundred percent one of those like auteur vision guys. I mean, you do, somebody has to be the captain, but like, dude, you were on set there, man. And like, there's a lot of even something quote unquote, small budget, which in the scheme of things, like, I don't even technically, we don't even technically qualify. I mean, this will be <laughs> for the SAC ultra small, low budget right, scale. Or, yeah. yeah. We're not even on that scale. And yep. this might be the most expensive paintball documentary ever. <laughs> yeah, we're not even yeah. on, on, like yeah. on, on the SAG, on the SAG deal. But like, you know, just what we were doing there, you saw, um, there was what, five of us, uh, um, including Sammy, yourself, you, uh, Brad, Dilt. Dilt. Um, I think five maybe six once brad got there because he was then kind yeah, of talent kind of crew you want to count brad yeah, yeah if you take because it was it was you sammy on um and sorry our dp chris stilts our other camera person and and doing stills um we had um, i forget his name our, but the drone uh, i know yeah, he flies our, drones i forget his name right now yeah, i feel and, bad oh man that's what you're thinking of brad's brother matt was our producer that's who it was okay um, yeah who's fucking amazing and worked at mare island is why brad got up there uh, matt mon works for uh override out of utah which is like a fucking ridiculous drone company 
like drone commercial i mean the work they yeah, do is amazing like, yeah <laughs> yeah I, um, well because i always think like when you see like drones flying at like the super bowl and stuff like that like that's yeah. the type of applications and the amount of permits and government yeah. stuff you need to do to be yeah. able to do those are insane. <laughs> there, there was a Kia spot at last year's Super Bowl where they drive up a mountain and they quote unquote like hit the ceiling of the sky and there's drones that like Matt produced the unit that shot that stuff. Like that's um, high level. <laughs> yeah. So he came back and slummed it with us, which was fucking <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> um, but it was so, yeah, an awesome we, experience. I mean, you know, and I, I, I never, I never want to oversell it. You know, that's like the thing. Whenever I've talked about on the show, is you know, I was, I was a cog in a machine. I showed up for a couple of days and I was there to help out. But you know, like I said, it just makes me more excited because now it's like you almost you know a little bit more of what the final vision of what that art piece yeah. is going to look like, and you're like, oh. Now I want to see it. Like, oh boy, I've you know I've seen the bottom right corner. <laughs> you know yeah. that looks awesome. Well, and, what does the rest look like, <laughs> dude? We like you know again. I mean, and shit, Moffat. I mean, you made uh, you know it's like saying. I mean, offensive linemen make as much contribution as skill, quote unquote skill position players, right? Like, dude, the stuff that we we're trying to do. So like, um, this isn't a big giveaway. So everyone who's actually an Iron Kid is on that set is interviewed on that set that you saw so the yeah the trailer the where ollie yeah. sits down that's the iron kid set that's yeah right but that's only like whatever 10 of the 30 people that we interviewed everyone else is shot in unique it 30 different setups like we did not want to do one of these like and we've done this for years like this efficiency thing where you figure Set out up behind the planet eclipse tent you have one angle right. you just bring people bum, in bum, all bum, day knock it out knock it out <laughs> knock it out i mean we've got we had we have four cameras on everybody and every single interview so we'd go to like an airbnb or this like amazing space that were friends of, of the frazier family that we could shoot at or the frazier's cool. household that was one of the locations we were at yeah was that was one, one of the them. households yeah. um at, at his mom's place and we're trying to figure out like how many different setups can we build in this house so you do this two-hour interview and then you tear it down in the living room and you move to the kitchen for the next person then you build it all back up again completely oh no oh his battery died the laptop died oh damn it. Darn it that sucks i'm blessed for what i got but essentially what oh. he was saying there is you know you would do whatever your two-hour interview is for a person in a certain location and then all right now we're gonna go to the next bedroom we're gonna bring everything in there take an hour to build it and then we're gonna do another two-hour interview then we're gonna do that one more time for a third person that's a day of filming you know that's that's how you gather yeah. these type of interviews mm -hmm. and stuff it's it's such a small detail that probably TV. like the 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 viewer isn't. He said he is coming like, back. All right, all right, he'll, he'll be back. Isn't uh, the viewer at the time doesn't notice it, but maybe maybe if they don't do that, like it, it's it's if it's the same set over and over and but, over again, it's gonna. Oh yeah, and it does become repetitive because when you see sure, someone yeah. in a new location, it does kind of spike that like. Oh, something new's happening. Like, oh, is this a new oh, character? Something now? else is yeah. being added to the story. Is this later on the line? When was this filmed? Guys, can we? This has been a fucking amazing podcast. Am I the only one out here who's just kind of like, what was you know, like? It, it's it's thrilling. It, Jesus Christ, man! I, it, it's a lot to listen a, to for sure. Drop a rating. Come on, leave a like. Drop a rating. Come on, people. What what more do we need to do? God damn, we have 
exclusive trailers. We have Dan Napoli talking about, you know, everything uh, under the sun. I mean, yeah, uh, this is an absolutely awesome episode. Um, he did say he's going to come back in. So uh, we're going to try to connect back up with him here. Uh, I think his laptop did die. He was warning us about that. Um, and yeah, so we will be right back with you guys on the show in, uh, in just a second. I mean, do you guys have anything you want to say? You guys have been quiet most of the show. This is your time to talk now, I guess. I've just been listening. I'm obviously not a, I'm not, not a, you know, a movie producer, so I don't know too much about movie producing. So yeah, uh, he's answered a lot of the questions uh, that I have, you know, for sure. Yeah. He's well, very like in depth with everything. At the, exactly. Really right. It's, it's not really like he's nice. just, he's a pretty good he's storyteller. Just, wouldn't you say, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not like he's just saying, uh, oh, I did this. And, you know, just quiet for a second. You know, he's, he's elaborate. He's like, I did this. And this is like, I'm well, sure. elaborates on it. Top five episode uh, from the sidelines coming at you we're gonna be right back with dan napoli after this let's jump back in guys we got him back live uh i will say just quick heads up audio listeners out there um he did have to jump onto a different mic so if uh quality sounds a little different that's just the reasoning why you aren't losing your mind or anything your speakers aren't going out uh but we are back into the show so you know you were talking dan and i kind of finished it up for you you know where you're explaining you know you build a set you know interview someone for two hours build another one in that same house break that down build a third one get that interview done and then you know that's a day essentially is trying to get all you know all of that fit fit you know fit in yeah and could not have done that without like you helping us and other you know and and everybody that was on that team so it's not like it's just something that i can just do you know myself it's it's so it's i mean everybody's contribution is super valuable yeah and uh i mean yeah i i you know they did kind of break up momentum there but i just you know at the end of the day i i'm excited for iron kids and i'm excited to see you know what you guys put out um the the music stuff as well that got me you know that has me excited i know you were on clint's show and he kind of broke the the rumor but uh we have the from the sidelines playlist that we add to and about six of the songs that have been added to it so far have been from your piece and you know one point of time along the way you know somewhere else so it's uh yeah it's funny to see you know it's not just me brandon's added one i think hatch added one the others too mm. so it's you know it definitely that influence kind of carries down just from something simple as hey, what, the song that you choose what did you what did you add i want to know i want to know what the tracks are man honestly i'm i'm down to check uh let me go let me go into my is this do we have record of all of the uh Ooh. of all ah, of them? I, I actually don't, don't think so don't think so yeah because for those who don't know and who you know maybe if you're listening you're out there we do have a uh, a playlist that we'll update every couple of months with uh, a topic on the show and we'll kind of walk you guys through why we chose the songs that we did so uh each you know every couple of months it'll update there's five selections from each of us on there so it's a 15 uh, song playlist so yeah go check that out if you want to see the last one the last one we had was a meteor is coming you have five songs to listen to before you die what are your five songs yeah um so yeah aliens you can go, are here go check those out over on spotify we have some good selections over there i think uh I, I chose Creed to go out to. What uh oh it was one of our one of our listeners chose to go out to Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys is like the final song. That's a good so one. So I thought I was very that's cinematic. Yeah, that's a good that's a nice vibe. Uh, I'm trying to remember what song I put for a, a that was probably like the very first playlist where we all put we all put them on. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, that's we, well, because yeah, we've had different topics too. One of the other ones might have been better. I know Brandon put uh, you know, it was uh I had yeah. I, I put like two or three of them. Yeah, uh, money. Wait, there's money a one year the song. There's a couple other ones. Money in the power. That was one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, yeah. The fucking Kid Ink man. That was from yeah. Fifty. Um, which dude? Uh, again, this is where it came from. Um, that year. So 
Kid Inc. played that live at WrestleMania in San Francisco with Travis Barker playing drums with him. And that's I was crazy. like, I want that song. That segment is heavily Dalton and Marcelo. And I'm like, I, you know, who had more swag in that time in that year than like Dalton. those two, those two guys, yeah. man. The Raiders beanie, uh, the freaking <laughs> dude was just, he was Aggie. Um, the one that, you know, stood out for me and I've stolen it because I've used it in my own productions, but uh, Wonder Years, the living room song, because I think it's, it's the perfect, like, I don't know, that kind of culmination coming to an end, wrapping up, bringing to a peak type song. It's, yeah, I've I've stolen that from my own work, so that's definitely from you. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> dude, I mean, it's so it's probably so silly. Like most directors will be like, "What the fuck, dude?" Nothing <laughs> gives me more pleasure than hearing that somebody got into a band um, from probably because I used to work in a record store and like was a college radio yeah. DJ. <laughs> Like nothing gives me more pleasure than hearing these stories that like we put a song in a scene and like everything like also probably growing up with skate films and stuff like that where it always was like what part but like that gives me immense pleasure so thank you guys I, I fucking love that oh yeah well of course I mean it's yeah it's it's funny because I remember thinking back when I was like first first being introduced to that stuff I thought it was so aggressive and so heavy. And I was like, you know, I was a 12 year old kid. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, I've only heard like rap and pop music and, you know, country. And then now like it's every day on the rotation, you know, like I listen to more songs that were made in the nineties than I do to songs that were made today, but they just sound really good. You know, there's something about that driving kind of drum beat that just gets you going. Brandon, did you have anything else on that list that was jumped out? I think you oh, said, yeah. You yeah, I had a uh, beautiful gloom by the sleeping too. Oh, that from uh, one night of a one night in November. That was ah, it it it, it just gets so like ah, I don't know. It's so great. It it, it gets me. In a, it gives you emotions. It's okay. You you it can does. say that. It really does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little teary eyed on um, my way down. Yeah, dude, as everything was like like building up. Dude, that song I was thinking of. But now you're just saying that. Maybe that song I was thinking of. Dude, I love that song. Yeah, Um, it's so wild to me that one night in November has like tracked, um so well over like it's really i mean weirdly enough i think that is probably the film um the three films i get asked about the most are that are that are painful are one night in november red sunday and 15 those are and, yep. and two of those you would <laughs> yeah. not those are my favorites not expect yeah um like dude we re but um i think that goes to show the story that those you know pieces portrayed because yes everyone loves you know dynasty obviously you know kind of that culmination of you know years of being a dominant team but you know the chicago aftershock story and the vicious story was not of being a dominant you know we're going to show up to every event and we're going to win well in that period of time and in, in other timelines maybe but you know it was so it was interesting to see in essentially what was their last you know time in the spotlight up until this season they went out there and they got a win and they were able to put it up against the, you know, the best team in, in the world. And that's, that's such a powerful story that I think anyone can see and just resonate with and be like, Oh, Oh shit. Nick Soloviak. Wow. You did a good job. I want to watch more of this dude play. What is he doing? Oh, he's playing for aftershock again. What the fuck? Are we back in the year 2013? <laughs> 
Well, and it's, it's wild too. So you forget that team, that team that won the Vegas event is kind of what birthed the heat the next year. When we had Ronnie on, we talked to him about this and it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, it, it was, it was the right place at the right time kind of. And that's, Sometimes you can't predict that. You know, you didn't go into that Vegas tournament knowing what would take place, knowing Mouse would have the best cheat ever in the same game. And, you know, like there's so many things that kind of made that a historic yeah. moment in paintball history. Yeah, that's dude. Like that's why it's sports, you know, and then that's why it's that's why we play the games, sometimes. you know, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's why it's uncomfortable sometimes for brands to get because you yeah you don't like it's it's not a spot like it's not a commercial like if you're going to commit to documenting this i don't you know you don't know how it's going to go like you can't guarantee somebody's outcome in texas i don't know what's going to happen at that event mm-hmm. Very um, true. i mean you know relating it back to you know the nascar spot that i was talking about what there was definitely a driver that they were pushing for in their first couple episodes of we want this guy to win and we are telling his story hoping that he is the one who wins setting up his dad setting up you know these other things and he makes it to the final round but he doesn't win and so they still you can see in the last episode where they almost had to scramble and bring in the dude who had who does end up winning and kind of introduce him last second because they weren't expecting that they didn't you know expect for him to be the guy who's holding the the trophy at the end of the day so you know, it's that that's kind of the part when you have these sports documentaries, it's it's made in real time. It's, you know, stuff that can change and, and you know, uh, turn greatly at, you know, the drop of a hat kind of. I think people are really unfamiliar. The the scope and the scale of like that NASCAR show Drive to Survive Hard Knocks. Um, like I can't speak to that crew, but I think so. Like the most recent Hard Knocks, um, the in season with it's, the Dolphins. Yeah. Mm-hmm which is fucking awesome. Was, they, yeah. they had 86 people in the camera department. That's, that's just damn. cameras. That's just filming. That's just like yeah. holding cameras yeah. or downloading. Jesus or yeah. That's not editing. That's not getting, yeah. you know. Movie managers, movie that included sound people, um, but there was something mm-hmm. like... Um, it's not your grips. It's not <laughs> your... <laughs> it's, it's a massive undertaking to do stuff at that scale. It's... it's um, lots of talented people um that's that's how you that's how you make shows like that and like that costs a lot of money it just does well i yeah you you you, well just like you said talented people talented people aren't cheap you know because someone else is going to pay them for that talent and so you know and especially when you need a hundred of them to do a successful production that's that's where those fees and that starts to come in and then you know if you add in some of the the high technology you know uh pieces of broadcast equipment we're starting to be seeing like uh the uh it was like the virtual reality type stuff they did for the super bowl where they had that camera array so they could show a play but then move around it in real time because they had all the different angles that's a lot of money. I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of money invested into making that. So, you know, that's where all this stuff comes from. And that's the things that, you know, I want people to understand from production because a lot of people who are sitting, just sitting on the couch, don't, don't fully realize why it's so expensive or why they're, you know, the thing that they're seeing is happening that way. So like, dude, when, when I'm being a production manager, I mean, I always, I will always tell, client and or produce and producer executive producer this is it's like look the best quality stuff 
is created by like one person, one job. The more, and we all come from this indie grind world, so it's not the DIY world. It's not that it's, you know, but it, if I'm doing sound and camera, I'm now 80%, 80% on two things. And do and you just start stacking up. And then it's like, oh, if I'm responsible for four different people, I got to go find Marcelo and like, fuck, Ryan Greenspan's doing something cool over here. And I'm not like that helter. Like the best productions don't work like that. Like, you know, your hard knocks are like, dude, Tyreek's fucking, something's happening. Go follow him. The producer's on the radio and somebody goes and it's just, you know, it just scales up. And then other parts of production, it's just like a paintball team, dude. Southwest and Hilton make a ton of the money. Like, <laughs> you're traveling, man. Um, yeah. You know, when you travel, getting like, people you to a certain location. That's, <laughs> that's expensive sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The plane tickets to Vegas were bought this past weekend for fucking CBS. A lot of hotel rooms were bought in Vegas. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's always, like, such a major part of like like feeding those people like you know taking care of those people so they can give you you know the best quality that you want from them it's yeah i mean those numbers inflate quite quickly when you start adding those aspects into it yeah um those those productions and i mean dude and and people that work live even even the fucking go sports folks man i have so much respect like it's the best adrenaline dump you could ever ask for though because it's that it's that like i I, it's hard to explain because it's one of those things that you really do have to experience but when you nail a show perfectly from q1 to q98 or 800 or whatever it is it is this high that i just i i i I can't replace like i i you know when i worked live shows a couple years that i did it's it you feel so proud like and the whole crew feels that together it's yeah, it's it's like going out there and mercying a team. It's like just everyone does everything so well and you just stomp on them. That's great. It also is great when it doesn't go well and when everything is just going chaotic and, you know, fucking guns are going down and you're trying to fix it on the fly because then you still look back and you're like, guys, we still put that together. Like, we still figured it out and got through the show. It wasn't the best we could have done, but we did something. I always tell people it's just live is unforgiving. Like I mostly work in post. So like I have the ability to, and then further develop this skill set of tricks that fix things that we didn't get right. Or that we have like, you know, folks that are doing stuff live do not have that. Um, and then when you get on the scale of the Super Bowl, like it's not fucking okay to miss a shot. It's just not. No. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you don't have Taylor true. Swift reacting when Travis Kelsey catches the yeah. you know touchdown, what the fuck are we even here for? What's the whole Fired. point? <laughs> if that TV in the truck says fucking go to this, go to Taylor Swift now, and she's not in focus, that dude's fucking fired. Like there's just no. It is unforgiving. Um, so yeah, man. So ton, tons of respect for folks that work in live production yeah it's uh one of my favorite instagrams i follow behind the broadcast um it's something i you know recommend people go check out out there because they they do a good job of showing off kind of the realities of working in live production and you know of course i've never been on a cbs super bowl you know level set or anything like that but it it, you know it's yeah it's 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 stressful it's demanding but it's also god it's so satisfying when you get it right and that's that's i think why a lot of people get addicted to it you know it's 
it's something I've heard a lot from uh, a lot of veterans who actually come and kind of get into production is it's very similar from that, like kind of that chaotic, you know, energy. And that's, you know, it's, you know, thankfully it's not serious, you know, it's not a gunfight. It's not anything like that, but it, it's a little bit of that, like, we got to fix something right now. So, you know, the screen can display, you know, it's, it's a little different stakes, but you still want to do the best job you can. And, you know, that is something that, yeah, I've, I've ran into a lot of guys who, you know, yeah, got out after four years and. Now I'm doing production because it's it's kind of what replaces that feeling. That's it's crazy to think about like the with the live football and the Super Bowl where it's like, all right, the play happens right there. And five seconds later, they're showing it super zoomed in slow mo, like 120 frames a second. And it's like like that level of coordination that it probably takes. It's like, all right, this guy has to be connected to this to this where it's like yeah. and then this is this needs to be shown to where everybody is looking at it to, on the main screen. Like so uh, Dan, like, how does that really work? Like how do like how many guys does that really have to go through? Yeah, that's a string of yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's within five seconds. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, so, you know, you ultimately have I mean, again, I mean, some of this is analogous as we go sports. I mean, I mean, you have um, I will preface most of my experience isn't in live stuff, but like, I mean, you have the technical director who's, who's calling your shots. You have people lined up. You also have an element. I'm not sure how it's executed, but you have an element that like some of the details you're talking with about is like, um, oh, uh, I just know because it was in his post game interview. Uh, if, if the game had ended, they would show it differently. Um, somebody missed a block on fucking Chris Jones, dude, on that, in that overtime drive, like they yeah. didn't even, they teamed that up incorrectly. So what would happen? I mean, somebody is coordinating that they would want to show or like, even, even like to go find the holding somebody is aware right of to be like there's a flag but then as to like pull in what camera was zoomed in on like whatever your you know uh, it was uh, was on the left guard um you know the other thing too and like maddie and i would joke also in years past while absolutely um your your broadcasters do their research and they are super educated they also might not know that like the seventh string fullback went to like Appalachian state, like earpieces, like, dude, they have staff, they have production crews who are ramping up those things. And, and yeah, it, no, a good way to point this out. If you ever see a lower third on the screen for a stat, the broadcaster is being told that stat in his earpiece that as he's saying that live, like that is a moment that they have set up and know, <laughs> Hey, both these players went to Stanford that that may we may talk about that so we have that ready to go in case you know we have some downtime and we want to show both of them on the screen and you know have Joe Buck God talk damn. about that for a second or something like that like yeah, it's we're, yeah we're popping we're popping to um the Lions per percentage on fourth down so that like it's seamlessly like right as um whatever Aikman and Buck or whoever called that game are going to talk about whether they should go for it or like oh my god what are they going for like that graphics like yeah it's there's so many people working on those things to make it that seamless well it's it's always uh, funny to me if you because you know whenever you see a broadcaster booth you know you see that front view and they usually have their kind of table hider so you you don't see anything that's on the desk or anything there if you ever see from the other side 
there's four different screens there's three notebooks there's a phone out on the desk there's a glass of what like there's there's so much access that they have information available to get to them that it, it almost makes them look better than they are just because they're able to to find that stat or to find that information or to draw mm. that you know oh uh his completion percentage was 32 percent last game you know let's bring that in right now because we know that or yeah and the pre-pro process i think actually one of the best uh nfl broadcasters um mike Jerico, who's a, a journalist pretty legendary sports journalist and and chris collinsworth were i think some of the first guys i recall on air calling out the fact that like they're having meetings prior to game day with coaching staff and with players mm -hmm. about story well i line. talked to Billichek last week and you know when we brought up in that meeting it was that you right. know brady's coming out looking tired yeah exactly like that type of you know we're getting coverage and we're trying to get deeper into the story when we sat down when he when we sat with him in our meeting on friday like they'll preface so there's this prep work going on as well like there's so it's it is not this just like ruck up like sit down yeah <laughs> um it's like, i think it's a pass play um and they kind of call on like yeah there there's an amazing amount of um and then the new technology stuff which again i'm not even that familiar with how it's full execution but being able to where you see them they're sweeping around and they're pulling out like players from like the line of scrimmage or that like there was a couple of those composite shots um from 360 stuff and and i think you're going to continue to see yeah. um more I, and more interesting things like that it's it's insane i mean on a high level that technology essentially what they do is they build a digital recreation of the playing field and then they have cameras in 3d space that line up with where they are on the playing field and then they're able to lay that footage on the the kind of digital landscape that they've made and then they can go and move anywhere around it because they have the coverage from all the different stadium angles it's way more in depth and crazy than that enough. but that's yeah that's yeah, very right. high level kind of what it is um Point and click but you know like that's the type of stuff that when you have you know ad revenue when you have broadcasting rights like when you have a reason to want to make your product better then okay yeah let's let's spend a million dollars to try and make a digital version of the you know field goal that you know every time it goes through spongebob comes up and says let's go patrick like you know shit like that you know nickelodeon that was one of the numbers i talked about in the 123 million was a completely digitally enhanced version of a football game you know being uh uh you know uh, broadcasted by two fictional tv characters did you see the way they were hooked up with like the machine they were hooked up with like full body suits where it was like spongebob and patrick yeah. in the corner no like full body suits like they no, were no 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 like, no, no, no were... but here's the craziest go ahead, go part ahead, go ahead iphones their facial recognition and like ability to capture facial elements is that good it is really considered some of the best like if you don't want to have a like dedicated face rig for it um so that's something that a lot of digital animators will use is they'll use an iphone that's in front of you that's capturing your facial performance um to then map into unreal engine or you know whatever digital uh asset you're using um but I that know. was another thing that i found funny was yeah they just two pro maxes sitting there in front of them throughout the whole game as they're you know giving their takes on everything and they were just they were going so well with it you know it was like it was as if let's like go, SpongeBob and patrick were actually you know commentating the game 
Yeah. If, if my daughter was little or I was still 22, there's a really high chance I would have been watching the Nickelodeon version of the game. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was kind of cool because they tried out earlier in the year, they did that digital concept I was talking about where they made the whole thing digital. They did the Toy Story, uh, Andy's Playbox like oh, version. I do remember that for kids. That one yeah. was almost too far because essentially it was a Madden game that was being tracked to real players. This was at least, they showed the real broadcast and it was, you know, the actual footage, but they added, you know, enhanced elements after the fact, you know, different, you know, graphics on screen. And, you know, they Larry obviously the, the characters are in a digital, you know, yeah, they're in a digital environment and they had like preset uh, scenes and stuff, some funny gags and stuff that they had ready throughout the game. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know 2055 maybe spongebob's gonna cast the nxl maybe that's maybe that's what we're looking at i think that's what we need to get us on the map guys i, I completely agree ryan we I, need to I talk like to paramount idea. productions maddie, right now maddie and spongebob together oh dude. My God. holy <laughs> shit dude that is some next level Matt, talk right there. the two it would be maddie and spongebob and then rich and patrick those would be the two lines oh, okay. <laughs> the subs it'd be great um we're we're kind of you know we're, we're getting down to the end here guys uh dan thank you for your time tonight but before we get out thank of here you. i do want to give our co-hosts a chance to kind of you know get, get a couple of their co questions out there i've been you know kind of oh, dominating cool. so hash i know you just had one with the replay truck brandon maybe if you wanted to jump in with one yeah uh just wanted to know your thought process of, of, of how you choose or have chosen uh topics and stories to to cover uh doesn't have to yeah. necessarily be paintball but but you know within your projects oh no man um so first i think especially with docs because you live with them so long um to, to, to borrow from ted lasso i suppose is like you got to be curious man being curious on a topic is important it has to or a subject like that like it it has to interest me i have to at least be curious about it because you know it's an exploration and you're going to dedicate a really long amount of time to this um mm. i like things that you go kind of like okay but why so um my minor league baseball documentary i directed 50 summers the core story is omaha and kansas city our partners. Omaha is the AAA partner for Kansas City for over 50 years. It's the longest relationship in baseball. All the other ones are way shorter. Well, why? Why is that one different? What's different about that? So like, right, you can even take Dynasty or the Iron Kids in a way. Um, most teams or sports stories even outside of paintball if it was let's say like all-star select baseball team they're gonna end at the iron kids part the early iron kids part they'll be like we were this cool team and like somebody had more ambition or this or that and then we went our separate ways and it ends it didn't end for them right it goes back and so it's like well why like what what is that like that's that stuff is interesting to me um something that's it's not it's not normal in sports almost you know something like bkit is almost similar where it's you know it's a, a state that kind of was underlooked at for the early parts of you know paintball and and how you know these guys were kind of able to make their own friend group and kind of grow up in the ranks together with each other 
Yeah, and and that that has always interested me. You know, of course, people who do, um, I I like people that do innovative things that that kind of aren't aren't supposed to succeed or like don't necessarily follow a beaten path. Um, you know, I also and and it's weird, but I've become more comfortable as I've gotten older embracing this with myself. Like I like. I like telling stories that are honest, but ultimately like make people feel good. Like I mm -hmm. probably, I don't know that I would do um, a, a really deep socioeconomic uh, uh, social cause doc, even if it was something that I identify with. I, um, the one that kind of reminds me is like Icarus, the kind of the story behind that of like, that kind of started out as a very benign topic and then all of a sudden they you know stumbled into russian olympic doping scandal and it's like wait what the hell and it's like i was talking about cycling okay but you know yeah. that's you know the, the the type of things that you're not you don't almost expect the story to go there that's kind of the 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 mo most powerful stuff because it's you know, it, it, it's stuff that you can't write. You, you can't think of it in your head and try to, like, put this story down there. And that's why it's real. That's, you know, that's one of the things that I love with, you know, sports documentaries is it's it was real. It was a story that had to take place and be portrayed in real life. Yeah, I think that then kind of transitions to that, like, maybe a lot of this was first tier, Brenda. And then I think second tier stuff kind of becomes then almost maybe it gets a little bit more mechanical but you go okay well like you know like where's the conflict where you know do we have some of these like fundamental like is there an inciting incident like where like what themes so you go like the themes of the iron kids are um ambition betrayal friendship um lack of fathers um hey, figuring out, i haven't said i haven't said paintball once like those themes, yeah. you go, oh, okay, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of humanity here. Um, I don't think I'd ever do a murder doc. Like, I'm just not into that. <laughs> True and, crime. You don't want to be the next. And I'm not shitting on that genre. It's just, it's not I me. Mean, my daughter fucking Sophia loves those. Um, <laughs> it's just not because I have to live with it for so long. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is. I, I could see that like it almost the story becomes you in a way and it's yeah if it's uh, someone's death and yeah. darkest days then that that's kind yeah, of sad I mean, think to, about, yeah think about if you do like the jeffrey dahmer doc living with that um and edit on that once you once you hardcore get even if you're just the editor if you hardcore get into the edit it's probably four six months like oh man just of I, your I life think... just being yeah kind of soul sucked away almost a little bit like yeah uh, i don't know I would, I would have, um, I would have a hard time doing, doing that. Um, it, you know, I would probably, it would probably have bad mental health effects on me. So like, I don't know, that's kind of some of the things that go into my process. I like the worst thing um, in my stories to be like a loss of a game, like, or a loss of a season or, you know, like I, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, because it is hard when to, to be the storyteller, to have to tell a very, you know, dark or serious you know, moment in a story. Well, yeah, like the whole, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, this is like a fundamental of documentaries, but seriously, you know, if it's like whatever, I'm trying to think of like, 
a there's not really a benign uh, political topic anymore. I, you know, if somebody's like, hey, like, do you want to do like a doc on the overturning of Roe v. Wade? You're not that director. Regardless, I'm not even saying whether it's like for, I just I'm like no I'm, I don't want to touch that. I know, I know I'm not the guy for that because it's not something that is gonna like like resonate with me. And again, I've gotten com- more comfortable in that selection process as I've gotten older. When you're you're I was younger, it was a lot harder to not say yes to something just like because it's like an opportunity. But then I'm like. Because I also, I, I really come from a journalist background and I want to serve the story. And it's like, if I know that like a, a, a social cause documentary is not a space I'm comfortable in, I'm not doing justice to the people I'm covering. Hmm. And I want to try to keep that in mind also. Okay. Okay. Damn. So um, when you are... Oh no! Internet, no! We almost made it through the show. Oh, do you lag me? out? Oh, okay. No, it was me. All right, oh. we're back though. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, we're almost through the show. So hold on, internet. Hold on. All right. <laughs> so, um, as you as you, have you began a project uh, that you're you're beginning to tell a story, um, you're going down the road that you you want to you envision. And then you come across something that like all of a sudden you have to pivot and, and go down another route uh, uh, to tell, you know, maybe a, a different story that that um, that just kind of arose that you didn't foresee. Um, yeah, to a certain degree, um, we've definitely had that happen. Like I my so my general approach going into a doc is like the 80 20 rule. Um, I I guess first I should step back in the fact that like, okay, well, there's, there's two kinds of docs, right? There's like a historical doc, which the iron kids is because it's ultimately happened. Right. And then there's like one night in November or, you know, drive to survive, like you're covering what is actually happening. And those are hard. You have far less control. And in those manners, like, dude, we have a, um, we have an MMA doc that's kind of like not really stalled, but just in a hanging out period right now that's in production um uh Stoss is fucking awesome uh dude he fights for bellator um he was the bellator middleweight um or bantamweight champion interim champion um his doc has taken a million twists and turns um we started covering him in 2016 because like somebody loses a title unexpectedly somebody gets hurt like like we're we're angling he was angling to fight for the Bellator Bantamweight champ against his teammate, Sergio Pettis, which rarely happens in MMA. Mm. Um, Sergio breaks his fucking, or tore his ACL training. So now Rafion's in an interim battle, and then Bellator's created like um, a million-dollar tournament inside of, so there's all of these twists and turns. Like, that doc is still like in production. Um What's probably happened to me more, Brandon, is within the context of a doc, um, like the minor league baseball documentary. Um, I had we had there's a whole section on Bull Durham and North Carolina um, because it like changed the face of minor league baseball. I didn't know that, even though 
like I was old enough, like, you know, I was like 13 when the movie came out. I knew the movie was a big deal. But what started happening in our interviews is every the, of the first five people we interviewed and we're like, hey, what are the three pivotal moments? Every one of them had had the explosion of Bull Durham either first or second. So we're like, shit, dude, we have to go. We, we need to, to go watch this movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, like, we have to go to North Carolina. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, that is interesting. You know, it's, it's sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So it's, you know, it's, it's figuring out from your subject what, you know, ultimately yeah. what is the answer? What is the story? Um, there's something that happened in the 12 minutes that I gave Alex this morning. Um, Sorry, I'm thinking how I can, I'm going to tell this without giving anything away. So there is, um, in this Hawaii section, there's an Ivan kid who hasn't appeared very much in this section. Don't have very many comments from him. Um, so I go back and I look at our selects and I'm like, hey, okay, probably not in there because nothing he said was super strong. But like, he must have said something else. So I go back to his the raw, and I find like an awesome story that he tells. Well, I just happened to bring in, um, get a delivery of archival Hawaii photos from uh, Chris Haas and Chris Stilts at Paint, and I go, oh fuck, they actually have photos because even if I wanted to put the story in. There's like nothing jump cuts in this. Like I don't have any coverage. And then I go, oh my God, they actually have stills of this dude's story. That's um, crazy. It, yeah. And that was like, I fucking love that story. And I was like, yeah, dude, it yeah. almost didn't make it. That's that, a really good way to relate that is because, you know, one of the things you said there, you didn't have coverage of it. That's the hardest part with these uh, history docs that I've been kind of working on, you know, on a smaller scale is like, I need to show something but I, I have written proof of it. I have, you know, this dude's saying it. How, okay, how do I show that to the audience? Like, is there something that I can show the location of where it happened? Uh, can I show people who are involved with it? And so, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden being like, oh, I want to add this story. There's images of the story. Like, it, it, it yeah, that's, uh, wow, that's an awesome moment. <laughs> I think maybe there's a weird, like, correlation between playing paintball. Like, Yes, you have to have an excellent game plan that you're super confident in. You also have to be prepared for the unexpected, right? And like you lose some guys on a bounce shot or somebody off the break or somebody gets a penalty and, you know, where we're talking about their movie. But you look at, you know, historically speaking, you know, Dynasty probably has like the coldest, you know, the coldest blood, the thickest bit to just be like, okay, this didn't go down, but like, we can still like pivot. And because we know to get, you know, what we want, we have to be able to to move over here. I mean, that I think is kind of some of our, my approach, like I'm confident I have a plan and I know where we want to go, but I can't be so rigid that, you know, um, he wasn't supposed to fucking die in his second in Dorito too, right? But he fucking did, man. So, <laughs> you know, figure, so Marcelo's so, now at home by out. himself. He's got three impact players running at him, and he's got to try and fight for his, you know, fight for his right to party. Apparently, 
Uh, thank you, Travis Kelsey, for that line. Um, but that was a reference to uh, World Cup this last year. I mean, uh, that that game was it was awesome to see uh, Tyler in that as well. I mean, that's one of the cool parts for me is now starting to see some of the guys who you know I first started this whole journey with back in 2016. Now seeing them start to come up in prominent positions, and you know, freaking Tyler Pantaleo. I saw that kid play three man. I'll, I'll always say that to this day. It's always crazy to me that you know I saw that dude and his brother and his dad play a three man team together. And uh, well, now he's playing in the finals. So um, yeah, I, sports are amazing like that. And and I think paintball is you know one that we found out tonight. Paintball is there's so many so much history it's just so deep and so so vast um and a lot of it's been told but also a lot hasn't you know there is a lot that still is kind of out there to be you know to be found or to be told by the right person um you know there's there's a lot of guys like your dad brandon who've got 20 years of stories in their head and when you ask them about one thing they'll give you two hours about something else but mm, damn is it still oh, interesting yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> shout out mike because that that was an awesome interview and yeah hopefully i can get something out from that soon because it was uh, it was great to sit down Love with him Popeye, for that iron man um so yeah boys let's uh i mean we unfortunately that that that's our two hours we're, we're getting towards the end of the show we have to bring it home we have to wrap it up but before we do that we got to do our two things that we do every single week hatch let's do a code work of the week code word of the week first well brandon pulls up his cool guy of the week yep here we go all right there's a play on words of you know one of my favorite films so the code code word slash phrase of the week one night in february because you know <laughs> we're, just, we're just recording this and this episode comes out in one day in february but you know <laughs> all right i like that one if you guys don't know if you're new around here this is your first time checking it out because dan is our guest tonight well hey thank you appreciate that uh drop the code word down to us send us to it you know a dm somewhere put it in a comment somewhere it's just our way of knowing that you stuck around to the end of the show and that you're a cool person it's like our own little uh like orphan annie's like radio uh code mm-hmm. hour uh dan smiling because he gets that reference but I, no one else will because that's definitely an old one um so one night in february let us know this week uh send us a text with that or something in it brandon cool guy of the week who's our cool guy of the week Who is it, bro? for episode 81 the cool guy of the week um all i could find on him is that he's angry grandpa Eric, here we go i just <laughs> sent that, that angry is grandpa it that, is Dude, it that I, youtube didn't he die is it that youtube guy that died <laughs> Okay. No, he didn't. All right, die. gonna have to splice no, no, this, this on screen right now. This is a different guy. Yeah, right. It's my bad. This is a. Uh, oh, I've seen this, this one. Yeah, ugly. Oh, fucking, this grandpa goes. Yeah, ugly <laughs> bitches. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. He oh, goes geez. up uh, in front of a, a a school board and just immediately insults them, and you know he he exercises his freedom of speech, uh, in front of the school board and the audience and. Well, There's we, some, we you know, salute you, angry grandpa. Fucking episode savvy. 81, grandpa. cool guy of the week. Hell yeah, I wish we had an actual name for him. But there we go, cool guy of the week for this episode. Um, guys, getting you know to the end of the show, I got to go through all of my normal stuff. Make sure you rate the show, whatever platform you're on. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, they've all got a way to either like it, drop a five-star rating. All of those help. Um, most of these platforms, they don't really care about, you know, audience members uh, listeners jumping on in they care more about the ratings that's how they kind of promote the shows up in the algorithm so please take a second it's free to do it costs no money at all drop a rating real quick uh and yeah i mean look we, we got dan guys come on what more do i have to do to get a five-star rating out of you people 
out there mm -hmm. on the thing. Okay, you could have already done it already. Uh, also, on those platforms, you have the ability to subscribe or follow along. It's just going to notify you whenever the next show is live uh, and ready to go. It's going to be right there waiting for you on your phone or your laptop, wherever you listen to the show at. Uh, check that out as well. We have the Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash mafia underscore moffat the underscore is key there mafia underscore or production sorry it's not moffat over there i messed that up so let me say that one more time uh, patreon.com slash mafia underscore productions if you do mafia productions it's gonna take you to someone else's page they stole it already i i i, I can't get it down i'm not i'm not a member of that but mafia underscore productions head over there uh check out all the bonus content that we have uh over there we have uh the um the fucking i can't think of the name of them right now we haven't done one in a second but we have movie nights over there um we also have uh you know you get access to the show the second it is uh available to go uh you also get you know ad free episodes of the show and other content so it's worth it to go check uh head over there check it out you can uh use a free trial for a free week see if it's something that you want to stay tuned in for uh, or get signed up for so go head over there patreon.com slash mafia underscore productions one last time we also have the merch available at xxpthelabel.com. I've got the From the Sideline shirt on tonight. Uh, I don't see any of the Stabber shirts, but we, uh, we've we actually been doing really well with those. Uh, Michael Diaz sent me a thing saying, hey, we've you know been selling those like crazy. So appreciate everyone out there who's been supporting the show, grabbing a piece uh, for yourself. You know, Stabbers don't get stabbed. Uh, make sure everyone out there knows that you're a Stabber and uh, that's what you do um phrase came up uh by our very own steven hatch up there so yeah i'm glad we were able to make that into a cool little yes, piece sir. of merch now um check that out xxvthelabel.com and one last time i have to thank our lovely sponsors for tonight liquid iv liquidiv.com i mean man brandon's been drinking it every episode of the show he loves it it's a great hydration multiplier he also drinks it out at the field when he's sweating you know all the all the paintball gear on he's losing all those fluids he's got to put them back in and he does that. He chugs a liquid IV and he gets right back out there Hell on the field because yeah. he keeps him hydrated and ready to go. Uh, a ton of great uh, flavor options over at liquidiv.com as well as all their different sizes. They have the jumbo packs. They have like the small packs if you just want to try it out a little bit. Uh, you can use code mafia underscore Moffat for any of those options there. It's going to get you 20% off and free shipping. So head over there, liquidiv.com. Mafia underscore Moffat is the code to use at checkout. We appreciate them and their support for the show. They've been here since pretty much the beginning of the video shows. They've been stuck mm -hmm. around for a long time. Nectar Energy, N-E-C-T-R dot Energy, N-E-C-T-R dot Energy. It's a great little energy pouch. Uh, there's no nicotine in this product, no, uh, no tobacco, nothing of that sort. It is a caffeine and neurotropic product. Um, so there's the only, you know, stimulants of that sort in it. Um, you can throw it in your lip. You know, it's got a great flavor to it. The fresh mango uh, or ice mango, fresh mint, spearmint, berry blast, sour apple. I think that's the other one they released. Uh, mm. I, I may be missing one, but they have great flavors as well. Go check them out at nectr.energy. And uh, yeah, save yourself a little bit of money with the code Mafia underscore Productions. And lastly, 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 the last thing I have to talk about tonight is WeltsClothing.com. We appreciate them over there at Welts Clothing. Uh, can't wait to throw some stuff on. It's going to be great. We we did send some stuff out to Lastro because uh, he won it in the giveaway for the Christmas episode. So that was awesome. I know he's uh, been wearing that snapback with pride down there. And uh, yeah, there's some send awesome me a picture with a jersey. Hell yeah. There's some other awesome things uh, available at their store. Uh, Scott actually dropped some new products last week, I want to say. It was like just after the podcast. So yeah, go check it out. If you haven't recently, go check out weltsclothing.com. Use code FTS. Save a little money at checkout. Get yourself in uh, some Welts Clothing gear. All right, boys. 
Well, that's a podcast. Uh, before we go any further, we got to stop for a second and thank our lovely guest, Dan Napoli. Thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight, thank man. You, brother. Um, if, thank you, brother. If people want to stay up to date with you and kind of the progress on Iron Kids, is, you know, what social media platforms should they head to? Is there anything in particular? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the thing I update the most um, is my Instagram. It's just at Dan Napoli Films. Um, I actually, and I've been pretty good um, as we've gone into more full post production. Um, I am um, I'm po- posting an update at least every Monday. Um, some stills from sets, some different stuff like that. So that's um, like a great place to get stuff from me personally. Um, obviously, from Hermesis, um, you're gonna get also like like any information. But yeah, um, if you want to give um, give me a follow and get updates, uh, Instagram is gonna be the best place for that. All right. Well, we will have that down in the description. But if you want to check it out, at Dan Napoli Films, just his name and the word films at the end, because that's what he does. Uh, but yeah, I mean, one more time, guys. Thank you very much to Dan Napoli. Uh, hey, let him know out there that you appreciate him coming on the show. Maybe we'll have him back in the future when the uh, the whole docs come out and we'll be able to talk about it a little more in depth other than just vague. This happens. That might happen. <laughs> statements like yeah, stuff right, like that. Dude, I know. <laughs> Our audience is like, fuck that guy. Jesus, could you just like, well, talk to us when it's done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's man, a lot easier. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm done. For everyone out there, uh, I mean, thank, thank you guys for listening. This has been a great episode. We're so proud of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, guys, we got to bring it home. For Brandon Brando Baird, for Stephen Hatch, for Dan Napoli, my name is Ryan Mafia Moffitt, and we're going to catch you guys on the next one. Hatch, bring us on home. Bye. See you guys later.